Amazing. <laughs> It's the secret Oscars! <laughs> I don't know when to stop playing! The music isn't loving! And here's your host, <laughs> Laura! <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Delighted, delighted. Any more preamble? Anyone else want some preamble in there? What, we're going through uh, nine, nine oh, yes, fantastic, yes. fabulous awards are being given out, aren't they? <laughs> Concluding um... with Best Picture. The highest honour that uh, this group of four people no one has heard of has to bestow. <laughs> Is that best picture gender neutral? Yes. <laughs> okay. <Obviously. laughs> I think all of the categories are gender neutral, aren't they? But not all universal. <laughs> <laughs> we have nine uh, categories in which we have uh, placed, uh, after our first 50 films that we have analysed, um, you'll have seen 48 standard films episodes that have been posted so far, plus uh, the two bonus ones that we watched together. Um, and out of those f- first 50 films, we're celebrating uh, just over two years of our secret film club Whoa. by uh, deciding the the best film in nine different categories. Uh, we can go through those categories one at a time. Let's not give them away <laughs> too soon. Uh, but the ninth and greatest will be best picture. So I believe in each category... Uh, the four of us in a predetermined order will announce our nomination for that category. Um, and the, that category's host will uh, will talk us through them all. We'll pit two of them against each other and then another two of them against each other. And the two winners will go through to our, our final vote, which will be done secretly and uh, revealed at the end of the podcast. Um, and I suppose I will put... Uh, I will put this information in the in like the the show notes of the podcast so people can can read along and, and keep track of what's what's going on. So that'll have all the all the categories in it and all the nominees. Um, Great, and we'll see how that goes. And I'm sure we'll have lots of horrendous arguments where we disagree violently over <laughs> which film was which rabbit from Watership Down was the best rabbit. <laughs> I have decided on that. Spoilers, guys. <laughs> I have decided. <laughs> um, so the first first host, first category is Laura. Thank you. Would you like to introduce the category? Yes. So this category, after originally scrapping the first category, films that made us think thoughts, um, which I feel might be adequately covered later, who knows, um, is unintentional epic. The best unintentional epic. Um, and I guess this kind of came to mind because we watched so many films that could that you wouldn't really class as epics, like Lagan is an epic or Lord of the Rings, although I guess you could nominate Lagan, but have an epic inside them, that, that have an epic tale, but they were too cowardly to put on the extra two-hour runtime to really hammer it home. Um, <laughs> but this is open to interpretation and... However you interpreted it, I look forward to hearing about. But that was kind of my thinking about it, which is that we have these films that that are epic, but they they they're not really they don't know that they're epic. Perhaps does that make sense? Makes anyway, sense to me. Happy to hear the first nomination. <laughs> is it time? <laughs> Claire, so, I, uh, I think that's me. Then is it? Yep. Yeah, Claire first. Oh, first nominee. So I, 
I uh, I didn't go with um, had an epic inside it, but just left me with an a feeling of having watched an epic. Yeah, even though it wasn't an epic. And I've gone with the Thomas Crown Affair. Okay, <laughs> did not <laughs> predict that. We'll have to find. <laughs> I, I I feel like there was there was so much to it. There were yeah, it was a, a complex story. It was it was epic. <laughs> And, and everything except epicness. <laughs> That's Perfect. a very interesting um, take. <laughs> second up, I think, is my nomination. Yep, and I think I, I think I even said this in the discussion of this film, that this had a real epic kicking and fighting to get out. Um, the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was thinking fair. of that, but then that. Was, was that unintentional? Mm. I think it's... I mean, I guess it is. It could, it could be unintentional, except... I, I, I think, think it, it, it definitely would. comes up... It comes up for uh, what Laura was saying, which is if it had just had the the confidence and the guts to, to stick an extra hour in there and really let the scenes breathe. Um but I'll, I'll be able to to justify that when we when we discuss. <laughs> and I guess I, I did I do not even understand the I completely understand the, the the category. As in, I understand it a little bit better now. But I, I feel like my my nom my nominee will be a little bit more controversial. <laughs> oh, that's what we want. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> um, given that I was having a trouble. <laughs> which was an unintentional epic i decided to go with ingrid goes west um cool because um i i do not know whether they wanted to make a critique of human society um and uh, um, i just did not understand what that film was and given that i did not understand (laughs) probably it was just unintentionally and as in nothing and Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> that that that's my vague argument and why I'm coming up with this nomination on this category. <laughs> I think brilliant so far. Yeah, I think that's a fair choice. Um, Thank right you. before we discuss, so I was torn, as I often am, between <laughs> films, but I ultimately settled on Watership Down because I think it, it's Whoa. it's an epic tale of a journey and then. This fate. Oh, sorry, we'll go into that, I suppose. But yeah, Watership Down is my nomination. Um, yeah, excellent. That, so we have our nominations. Four, then. So we have the Thomas Crown Affair, the Count of Monte Cristo, Ingrid Goes West, and Watership Down. Um, so should we yep. begin with the Thomas Crown Affair versus Watership Down? Should we have a, an opening statement in in favour of each film? <laughs> oh my god, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I just picked picked the film that I thought fit the yeah. category best. Yeah, what? How did it fit? Because um, it was it was definitely definitely didn't intend to be epic. Um, which Correct. Fulfilled at least one part of the uh, criteria, <laughs> um, and it was uh, I don't know. There was there was lots happened, lots went on. It was uh, it was epic. I don't know was certainly an um, epic failure to do what it intended to do. <laughs> which was to be a cool, sexy spy film. Not a spy film, a, you know, cat and mouse film. 
Yeah. And it was, it was kind of, I kind of get where you're coming from. I think maybe in a different way, possibly, or possibly the same way, which is that it was, what a, it really sucked you in to whatever the hell it was in a way that I don't think it intended to do. Yeah, it, it <laughs> yes. definitely wasn't what it was trying to be. Yeah, I don't really know. I was that. That was just how I, I I felt after watching it that I'd watched something significant. So I feel yeah. like that's how you should feel after watching an epic. I get that. That's and there true. were a lot of twists and turns and a lot of it went in directions we weren't expecting. Yep. And the conclusion was uh, two characters that had somewhat <clears throat> changed and had gone on a bit of a journey. Yeah. <laughs> That's a stretch. Yes, that's a stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Laura, could you tell us about Watership Down? What was your thinking there? I I think Watership Down is just is the perfect epic tale of of. It's got the classic sort of journey, a, a, a strong leader who just comes into into his own with Hazel. Um, we have this band of misfit rabbits who are just struggling to survive, and they they face the elements. They face predators enemies and then finally we have this like huge confrontation with this other evil rabbit who's a real villain and a real oppressor of of i I, there's just so many elements that i think fit an epic but i think the film itself is just struggling to to realize that because it's they've tried to keep to the animation Mm. the typical animated runtime of an hour and a half and it's just it it's you know they oh that that was the that was my thinking behind it, which is that it is it could be an epic film. It, it was kind of yeah. unintentionally epic. I, I see where I've gone a bit wrong with that wording, but yeah, it just it was no, epic I, without being an epic. I so agree with you. Um, could if they'd added an hour and a half on the runtime, um, it practically would have written itself, uh, and it would have felt yeah, it would have been a, a mm. complete epic. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Fernando, between those two? Do I have any thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> it was a tricky category to pin down. I didn't, well, uh, I'm going to go with probably uh, uh, the Thomas Crown Affair is probably <laughs> a, a more unintentional epic than Watership Down because Watership Down is very clearly an epic um (laughs) (laughs) didn't you feel that the the film was kind of rushed though that it wasn't quite no well i mean hurtled through the plot maybe i did not feel that because i thought that the book itself was just unnecessarily long well the book is interesting that's what i think the book is undeniably an epic because it is long and it goes into so much detail and depth but the film is not it doesn't get there. It's not an epic, but the, the tale is epic still. No, I, I, I guess I see what you mean, but I also thought that the book was just unnecessarily long. Hence, I did not ah. feel like it was rushed. Uh, I just thought that it was like the appropriate um, amount of time that you, that you should devote to Watership Down, and you should definitely not right. devote more more than more than an hour. In fact, you should stop watching <laughs> the film at, at, after after an hour. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Which is when Hazel um, gets so shot. You feel that- <laughs> <laughs> you feel that it was a, a bloated novel that was trimmed down to a to to something much better. Yeah, when um, they made the yes, film. Yes, yeah, fair Interesting. enough. Interesting. 
Yeah, it's, um, it stands up to, to what we normally say, which is I, I just have to disagree with Fernando. <laughs> he makes, makes the point so well and it makes sense, but I just just don't feel the same. Um, Watership Down, yeah, reading the novel, what was so good about that was was the epic nature of it. And I think I, I, think I even said when we were recording this, um, this was based on the Aeneid, like literally an ancient mm. epic poem that itself was based on Homer. Uh, it could, could not be more epic than that. Well, um, except it was not an epic and it was not a poem, so it failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's so much potential. Yeah, it never fully realised its epicness. Um, it never quite got... And I think you're right, even the book never quite got there. But it, it nearly did. It was it was the tale of a an exodus of a civilization, and it was it was told through this uh, through this guise of it being about rabbits. But really, it was a story about nations and about self determination and uh, national, like, or yeah, the, it was the story of a people. Um, wandering to try and find somewhere that would uh, that would act as a home for them and then getting into this epic conflict when they got there with a uh, a terrible conflicted uh, aggressor that somehow you still felt for um it was all in there it had all the elements but it never quite got there oh beautifully put um, oh i love worship down so much Wait, this makes me think of the Prince of Egypt, which we watched together, and I'm not sure why we did. Why we? Why did not we include it uh, as an extra episode? I guess we never discussed it. Why the hell did we watch Prince of Egypt? Oh, I made you guys watch it because I love it. I remember distinctly that you did. Oh not yes, like usual it. answer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I enjoyed Prince of Egypt, oh. um, really and good. I would say that was a, a similarly epic story to Watership Down. Um, which again didn't quite get there, partly because it didn't have the guts to yeah. to really extend that runtime. This um, said, I think Claire's got something in the Thomas Crown affair. So can I just comment on on Watership Down? Oh yeah, yeah. Because it's definitely an epic story. I just feel like like it was it was an epic trying to not be an epic rather than an unintentional epic. Like it it was already an epic story, and it was. Like a condensed version for kids, rather than oh, yeah. like a a film that had no intention of being an epic, but could have <laughs> so been you, one if it had wanted to be. I feel like it was deliberately un-epic. not being one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> best That's... intentional unepic. I think Watership Down would win. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I think if that is really what they would. <laughs> if that's really what they were trying to do, then I think they did fail because I, I think I think this did end up with a lot of the elements of an epic mm. because that if if you're trying to turn like the story of the Aeneid into something that's not an epic, the last thing you should do is include a creation myth <laughs> and all these stories all the way through it about this god rabbit called Elahra and all his like this background <laughs> mythology. Oh. Oh, so and... what you're saying was they were trying to make an epic. Oh, maybe I am. <laughs> ah! Look, clearly here is that I've not been good enough with my words. 
what am I doing? Yeah, back is, to the drawing board, Laura. <laughs> I thought of this category with Watership Down in mind. So clearly the problem is with the Watership Down. <laughs> <laughs> so I meant unrealised epic or, or something, epic potential or... or I, I, you know, the, epic like. <laughs> I look. They've made an epic, okay, but they didn't mean to make an epic. They, they, they could Did have they made an, an epic. I think we're getting confused with an epic and just epic. So it is epic, but it's not classically an epic because it's only an hour and a half, right? But it's unintentionally. Yeah. Oh God, no, I've. Oh, so you mean it, it evokes it evokes the feeling of an epic, but it doesn't have the structure of an epic. Is that what you mean? Yeah, it, it's got all the elements of an epic, but it needed a another hour to do it. But I didn't know how to word that into a category, <laughs> and I thought yeah, it would be nice okay. to leave it open. Unintentional was vague enough that it encompassed what I thought, and I thought it could produce some interesting other thoughts, as it has. Like the Tommy Carnival was to... unexpected. Um, Best film about rabbits would have been safer. <laughs> but I feel like we can we can we'll have to differ on this, and it, it'll just come out in the vote. What else can I? What else can we do? Yep. Well, we could argue about semantics for another half an hour. <laughs> that, that's always an option. Uh, what do you think? Should we put it to a vote now? I just want a little bit more on the Thomas Crown affair because I'm not convinced that this. Now that we've we've fleshed out unintentional epic <laughs> and become quite confused about what it means. Um, yeah. Uh, remind me how the Thomas Crown affair fits in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know anymore. <laughs> um, so my interpretation of the category is a film that that just intended to be an entertaining film. Mm-hmm. I thought the Thomas Crown affair just wanted to be a uh, an entertaining film. It wanted to be smart, but that's another issue. Um, <laughs> but it left me with a feeling of of having watched an epic. Maybe that's just because it was boring, so it felt like it was four hours long. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was so much happened. There was so much surprise. There was um, uh, so many classical references as well. Since we we're playing on the classical oh, references. Yeah. Uh, that's alluded to the the Iliad as well, uh, not the Iliad. Trojan horse, Trojan yeah. Trojan horse. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just it was smart and it, it had was interesting it? characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it had interesting characters. Yeah, it was good. smart. <laughs> um, and I I went through a whole range of emotions with respect to the characters. I the the leads. Uh, I forget her name, but I loved her and hated her and <laughs> went through turmoil trying to work out what I thought about her, um, which I think is, is an important part of a, a an epic, is uh, yeah. going through an emotional journey with a character. Yeah. And that was unintentional. <laughs> <laughs> well said. So there we go. Cool. Yeah, Should we take it to the vote? There. Yeah. Uh, so, can, can I would would a better phrasing be most epic film that was not an epic? Th- Is that, that what you were that's going for? That's kind of what I was going for. Yes. 
but I think so it's could, too late now. We could work on that. We've got our yes. nominations. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Most epic, just... non-epic film. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know my intentions behind it, but I think it's still the wording is what it is, and we have to just interpret it as we as we find it, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sensing we might have a bit of a tie. Who knows, though? <laughs> Who knows? Let's do the vote. Well, there's just the three of us voting, right? Oh, I thought we all we all vote on this stage. Oh, okay. And then, we, uh, so what do we do if there's a tie? I don't know. I hadn't figured that out. I just assumed that we'd be able to argue ourselves into a non-tie. We call the queen and ask for a tiebreaker. <laughs> we'll take if it to it the helps. public. If it helps, I'm definitely voting for Watership Down. Oh, great! That's so, fine. Uh, <laughs> we might not have to worry about that tie quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what order do we vote in then? Um, should we just matter, go the order it? of our of in what we say? So clear. Yeah, Watership Down. Nice, Michael. I'm going Watership Down. Fernando, I think we had your vote, but would you like to say it again? <laughs> yes, uh, it is the Thomas Crown Affair. Thomas Crown Affair. And I'm uh, quite obviously going to vote for Watership Down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a three to one vote. Fabulous. Watership Down gets through to the next round. <laughs> How long um, have they been recording? 24 minutes. <laughs> oh my God, we're going to be here all day. <laughs> I think the best unintentional epic is going to be this <laughs> podcast. Hey. Oh, can I just say before we move on that the close tie for Watership Down was the secret of Nim for me. Um, but yeah, that's okay. irrelevant. I just thought that also had a bit of an epic feel. Um, I, I had that on my list. No. Uh, so I said The Count of Monte Cristo and Fernando said Ingrid Goes West. Indeed. Um. In choosing the Count of Monte Cristo, I think I said again. I said at the time, um, this was kicking. It had a, an epic in it, kicking and screaming to get out. Um, a man wrongfully accused and thrown in prison. It's a story that stretches across like most of his life. Uh, has a an epic political backdrop uh, fueled by Napoleon and mm-hmm. um, yeah, the the struggle for a, a nation to become a republic. Uh, and that backdrop is is in front of somebody who was thrown into prison for twenty years, uh, and then got out and took revenge on everyone over this huge period of time. Um, it the each act was so different from the last, uh, and the the concepts that ran through it just stretched across everything. It ended so differently from how it started. Um, and if they had only been willing. <laughs> to stretch it was even quite a long film it was like two and a quarter hours something like that yeah if they'd only given it an extra half an hour or 45 minutes maybe um they could have had that bit in prison feel like a lifetime rather than feeling like the next little bit in the film and it could have built more on the characters it could have could have given us an insight into how people felt and it was I, I think it it again could have almost written itself. Uh, just that that extra runtime could have really made this an epic, uh, and that's why I chose it. I completely agree. This is, might be yeah. I think 
that was a close kind of it was in my thoughts as well for this kind of category which is that it's just so epic and they just were cowards <laughs> couldn't put on the other hour that would have really made it an epic so i think that's why it was kind of unintentionally epic because they they didn't they didn't really fulfill it i'm getting to see the problem with the wording but anyway yes <laughs> <about to hear. laughs> it doesn't really match up with my thought um but yeah i think this is that it yeah spot on really um with the count of one, Fernando. Uh, okay, so I've been thinking evidently all this time about my <laughs> um, arguments in favor of um, Angry Ghost West, and I think that what I first have to say is that when I think of Angry Ghost West, or when I think of what the producers of Angry Ghost West were thinking of. I definitely don't think that they were thinking, I'm going to create an epic. Maybe it's, it's such a bizarre film that that is, was just so confusing that it definitely does not did not leave me thinking, oh, they intended um, to produce an epic. But now... Yep. Um, now, listening to Michael Dorby's description of what an epic would be, then I try to um, somehow adapt those arguments into this film precisely. And I think when you said the creation myths, I, I think that's basically the, the start of the film. They, they, they tell us about the origin of, um, of Ingrid, who this person was, uh, how she got created... Oh, yeah through her, um, I think it was Instagram account, some, some, <laughs> some, some, some kind of social media, how she was created as a character. And then we go her, we, we see her going through her epic journey, I guess that um, some people, I'm quoting John Green here, uh, some people would describe the hero's journey as the journey from weakness to strength. And he would argue the contrary. As in, he 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 in his in one of his commencement speeches, they said, "I'm here to tell you that that's not the hero's journey. I'm here to tell you that the hero's journey is the journey from strength to weakness." And I think that's wow. precisely that, that's precisely the journey that um, that, that Ingrid uh, actually goes through because she has this, I guess, fake strength in her being. Um, behind this masquerade of Instagram, she has a secret life, but uh, pe- that people don't see, and that's what gives her this fake strength in in front of, uh, in front of this n- other set of people that she wants to be really be part of. But then, um, I guess life adversity uh, breaks her and takes her from that position of strength to just having nothing and so she went from strength to weakness and i, I guess that the the, the new the, the well at least john green's interpretation of the hero's journey and i guess that would also consider like an epic journey <laughs> I, I i would argue that that's her epic journey and and that and that, that would as in together with it with us having seen first how she was created how she went through this uh, process that makes it an epic, and this 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 um, far fetched um, argument 
to support it being an epic was certainly I don't think I I, I certainly don't uh, I, I certainly don't think that the the producers uh, thought of my argument, uh, <laughs> which is why this is the most unintentionally epic film of of the ones that <laughs> that were nominated. Nice. That, that's my position. My God, you are Fantastic. you are the most persuasive man I think I've ever met. That was yeah, I'm, brilliant. I'm <laughs> there's a lot in what you're saying here yeah i'm not taking the piss either um neither was i that there's yeah no no, no I didn't mean to, um but, but just because the the one i nominate is 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 the the opposing one to this but it, there's there's something in this about yeah she we see sort of her creation or that what makes her ingrid um and that it's interesting this idea of going from strength to weakness because again that is i'm going to keep i'm going to see if i can mention the aeneid in every one of these categories <laughs> um that is the story of the aeneid and that's that's what contra that, that's what sort of added to the the epic genre compared to what homer had done because homer just wrote about like um tough guys beating each other up basically but uh when virgil wrote the aeneid he he wrote about aeneas who was a a well-established tough guy who had spent the whole Iliad killing people. And the the journey that he goes on brings out his emotional side and brings out his weaknesses. Um, he falls in love and he learns compassion. Oh, and he... What a weakling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but it... And it, it almost destroys him at several points. Uh, and he he goes through that weakness... Um, and has to cope with it in a really interesting way. Um, and uh, the the final conclusion of the story um, shows a different sort of weakness, uh, which is his finally his inability to forgive. And in a way, we do see the same thing with Ingrid, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. She, we, we see her, her, yeah, using her using her manipulation and everything to to get through stuff but in in the end it just makes her weaker uh it completely destroys her life if only for the the complete use of the word unintentional there because nothing you've said and nothing i've said was anything <laughs> that was in the mind exactly. of whoever created yes. ingrid goes west <laughs> indeed this is uh, just a, a, an english uh, an english literature exam where you just have to say <laughs> things that were actually not in the book i love it um my only counterpoint to this which is that i agree with all with everything you're saying but i really didn't like that film which means that for me (laughs) it's not the best it might be an unintentional epic you might have me there but it's not the best unintentional epic because it's <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> oh man. I didn't like I thought it was a bad film. Um there. Oh that, yeah. There. So I so, think so oh, the counter we, oh, God, this... wins it for me. Um because it's a better unintentional epic. Given that the category is, as we've established, quite open to interpretation, I'm gonna take both as valid <laughs> yeah. and go with the best one. And yes, there we go. Rather than most unintentional <laughs> Rather than or most epic. It, the category is best oh, yeah. unintentional epic. <laughs> but 
Yeah, I took that as best at being un- an unintentional epic. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Oh dear. Oh, this is going to be a this is going to be a long afternoon, isn't it? I know. I'm 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 going to stick with a Chief Justice Neil Gorsuch's interpretation of the law, which is just basically what the words mean and what the title what what the words of the title of the word mean. I, I would just compare the title to Ingrid Goes West. What? Brilliant. What? <laughs> no, I'm all for that. Let's take it to the vote. I think we gotta we gotta it's time. I've yep. convinced myself. I've convinced myself. I know who I'm voting for. I I am voting for Ingrid Goes West. Oh, and it's me. I'm voting for Ingrid Goes West. Oh no! I'm voting for Ingrid Goes West. It doesn't matter what I'm voting for. Um, I would have voted for the Count of Monte Cristo, but this is a democracy. This is a democracy. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, well argued. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what a twist! So the the final the final two are Ingrid Goes West and Watership what Down. Yes, down. they are. <laughs> um, Fascinating. So what we will. It, during the break, we will all make up our our minds on which of those is better. Yes, uh, it, it's, it fits that some yeah, based on whatever criteria we have each decided to apply to this, we'll send our vote to you, and you'll top them up and reveal it in the second half. That's correct. Yes, brilliant, excellent, well, amazing. That, that's got way Any closing words, Laura? Oh, this was so unintentionally epic. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Um. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, right. Is it time to move on to the second category? Yes, it is. Please. <laughs> Claire, would you like to introduce this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, the next category for the esteemed secret Oscar, um, uh, is, um, is best animal. And, and that's all I've got to say on it, really. Yep. Is this best animal at being an animal? <laughs> or the best the film containing an animal? It's the best Animal that thinks it isn't an animal. <laughs> <laughs> Best unintentional animal. Brilliant. Uh, no, Best this animal. one's hopefully fairly simple. Just best animal. By Great. yeah. And yeah, so we start awesome. with Michael. I think. Yep. Your yep. nomination. Uh, I'm going to nominate uh, Jaws for the shark. Whoa. Brilliant. Whoa. Fernando? Uh, my nomination is Hazel from Watership Down. Oh, great. Laura? Oh, my nomination is Bigwig from Watership Down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that they're going to face off against each other. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Oh, well, this, so my nomination was going to be Hazel. Uh, but as a uh, Jiminy Cricket, who was oh. second on my list. Oh, great! <laughs> um, from Pinocchio, fantastic. of course. From Pinocchio. 
Who's typing? So do you want to kick us off, Michael? We're going to have Jaws the Shark versus Jiminy Cricket, I believe. Um, Jaws the yeah. Shark would absolutely win in that fight. Is that what we're... <laughs> that's the debate. Yes. Oh, do we have to take <laughs> actual physical fights into account? Because I want to change from a cricket in that case. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got a fairy that backs him up. That's which is worth quite a lot. Um, yeah, so... Jaws was an amazing film. It was a lot better than than I even imagined, um, and the shark was uh, was such a great horror element. Um, it was a terrifying animal uh, that, yeah, was was the animals in a lot of films are kind of cute and fun, and the other kind of animals are beasts, monsters. And it was somehow the perfect monster, uh, making it, yeah, just a, a great use of an animal. Um, they even used a real animal at times when they filmed it. And just e- every moment that, that the shark is on screen is just so fascinating and watchable and, and full of tension and horror and dread. Uh, the music that he's got his own theme tune, uh, yeah, Jaws. Mm. Yes, I see what you um, I, I, I see this category more now because I think that the shark is actually from from the ones that we've nominated. I think it's the most animal of all the, the ones that have been nominated <laughs> because it's plainly just an animal. Uh, whereas the other ones have more like human traits. I think mm. they definitely sort of anthropomorphize. Mm-hmm. The other animals. I think they go the opposite way. With they don't even make it an animal though. In Jaws, it's it's a it is like I was saying, it's yeah. a monster. Like it has no real sentience or like empathy attributed to it. I guess for obvious reasons. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. just this. But it does have the the character of the the hatred that it appears yeah, to have. That's true, actually. Yeah, it's vindictive, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, I think it's well deserving. I mean, it really like just drives the characters in the plot, and like despite being absent for most of the film, um, it's just you're always thinking mm. about the shark, and they are always thinking about the shark, and that's it. Just the film is just about the shark, and it's yeah, also another great unintentional epic, I believe. Um. <laughs> great, yeah. So, Claire, could you introduce Jiminy Cricket? Yeah. So, um, as I say, this was my, my second nomination, but I I thought as a character, Jiminy Cricket was fascinating. Um, the fact that he's a cricket doesn't really come into it much, but I I think he, his role of, of conscience um, is is very central to the entire film. Um, and he's he's an interesting character in that being both a, a a creature in himself and a separate conscience to another being. I think that's really interesting. I think he's got two facets that the other characters in general don't have, and the fact that he's an animal meant that he went in this category. Um. And I found him very likable. I think he's a very relatable, likable character as mm. well. 
I don't yeah. have any huge deep things to say about him, but I, I thought like he, he was great. He kind of goes on his own journey that we didn't really talk about, which is that he's clearly a kind of like drifter. He's got really shabby hmm. clothes and things, and then just to just to go on this journey with Pinocchio and become his yeah friend and confidant. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, he definitely grows during the film as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think he has less effect on the plot. Not that that should be held against him, just out of interest. He, as much as he tries to steer things in certain directions. <laughs> yeah, he desperately attempts to steer things, doesn't he? Yeah, and that just makes him so relatable, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. that inability to affect change. Yeah. Um, even though Someone... he knows what's right. Yeah. Someone once said that if uh, if history is a great river, then civilization is just the villages that are built along its banks. And I feel like that was that was Pinocchio. <laughs> if the plot of Pinocchio was a river, then uh, Jiminy Cricket was was one of the villages along its banks. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Fernando, any thoughts on either? Mm. About the cricket, um, about the cricket. or jaws. Well, I, I, I think well, I think my my thought my thoughts on the on the shark is that it's definitely a, a great animal, and I, I think as I mentioned just a few moments ago, that I think that's the most animal of, of all because it doesn't even speak. Um, but I guess I, 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 out of all the characters from Pinocchio, Jeremy Cricket was probably my second favorite. My favorite would still be the other man, the other the other young boy whose name I cannot remember. Mm. Lampy. Lamp- yeah, lamp, 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 work? Lampy. Lampy. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> oh. Um, oh, the awful one. <laughs> oh, was no. he the best animal? If we think of, of humans as, as, as animals, uh, I, I was confused whether I, we should include humans as animals in, in this category. That is well. a good point. I'm glad. Uh-huh. Yes. Glad we didn't uh-huh. have to have that. Discussion. Um. Yeah, I, I guess I do. I, I, I do see the case for Jeremy Cricket. I, I, I think he also has a fun place in my heart. Uh, yeah, I like him being the conscience of Pinocchio. Uh, I just feel like with all the nominations that we've made, I guess in seeing your nominations, I, I somehow understand, or I give a new interpretation to the to the title of um of the current category and perhaps that's why I would be more inclined to go with the shark. Excellent. Yeah, sounds good. Should we do the official vote? Yeah. Mm. Michael? Uh, I I really love Germany Cricket and I yeah, particularly love this thing where he's Pinocchio's conscience but he's also sort of wrestling with his own conscience. And she's a conscience within um, a conscience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is also this uh this concern that um uh that the there is the, the whole Oscars so white scandal and uh Jiminy Cricket is at least someone that we decided might have been black, so I kind of want to vote for him for that reason. Uh I think it was I'm a afraid... white voice actor. 
Oh, it was a white voice actor, wasn't that? Yeah. Oh, no, mm-hmm. I guess that's definitely not good. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going. I'm sticking with uh, the shark. Um, God, Oscar's is so the shark human. called Jaws? Oscar's so human. Oscar's so anthropomorphic. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to make a mockery of the Oscar's. Why still. shouldn't? Com- <laughs> yes. Shit. Um, uh, yeah, the, I, I'm going. I'm going to stick with the shark. Okay. In the end. Cool. Uh, Fernando, what I've already. So then, Fernando, um, did you say? Um, uh, my vote goes for the shark. Yes. Yeah. Shark. Um, I'm also. I think there's a really good case for Jiminy Cricket, but I'm also going to go with the shark. <laughs> Savage. Well, I'm. I'm sticking with my guns this time. Jaws. I had thought about Jaws. Um, but yeah, I think the. I think because we we know so much and we learn so much about Jiminy Cricket, I think for me he's the 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 better animal. Um, unfortunately, he's been eliminated <laughs> by a stronger. I think he's beast. the better character, by the way. Yep. Um, but uh, there's more than just character. There's also yep. teeth. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with Jiminy Cricket's teeth? Doesn't have any. <laughs> They're not big enough. <laughs> There aren't four sets of them. Yep. No, that's that's fair. Um, yeah. So Jaws goes through, and we are left with Hazel versus <laughs> Bigwig. Amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This is going to um, get bloody. <laughs> um, Just like Watership Down. You want to summarise... Oh, um, okay. Well, um, my case for Hazel. Um, I would first like to say that my my first thought would have been Fiverr um, because when I read the book, um, I just, so, so, well, something gave me the first, my first impression was that he was going to be like the protagonist. And in some sense, I think that he is because he is the, 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 the rabbit that is kind of like the messiah that somehow can read the future or, or see things that are in a supernatural way. And, um, but then it turns out that even if he is the protagonist, he I simply did not like that he was just so weak. And to contrast with that, with those traits, we, we get Hazel, who uh, perhaps does not have this gift, um, but just through being himself and being so strong, manages to um, basically save the... The whole, is it called Burrow? The whole clan, the whole, did you say Warren? Well, um, rather than Burrow, but yeah, I guess clan is, is what, yeah. I actually do not know what the word Burrow means, so. <laughs> uh, uh, and I, I, I simply thought that without Hazel, um, there would be, well, yeah, I guess without Hazel, Watership Down cannot cannot <laughs> cannot be without Hazel. And yes, Bigwig. I I mean, he probably was a Bigwig, except I don't remember don't, don't remember what, what he did. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure that he's also important. Um, but my heart goes for my heart goes for Hazel. Oh, I, I think that's very justified. I also love Hazel and Fiverr. I think they're great characters. Um, there's just something about Bigwig that I 
I really like, I think because he's so bullshy. So Bigwig is the kind of like, starts off as this kind of bully. He wants to be in charge, but then he grows to really respect Hazel's leadership. And he's the one that goes as a kind of spy into Ephrafra, the other, the sort of evil Warren. Um, mm-hmm. So he's kind of like the, he's the maverick. He's just got this big personality. Um, but he's also like really loyal and really just brave and good and cool character. Um, you might remember he gets caught in the snare as well, if you're having trouble remembering Bigwig. He has that very bloody fight with Woundwort. Like he's he's just a key character in a lot yeah. of the action scenes. Um and he does really I think hold his own as a character. But yeah, I think it's it's it was a toss up. I couldn't I had a time deciding between Hazel Fiber and Bigwig. But I think Bigwig just edged it for being the most fun. I think it's a tough call between the two of those. Because they're very oh, different think... characters, aren't they? Yeah. But they're both very influential. Yep. I think the answer's clear for me. I've made my mind up. Ooh. Yeah, that's because you're in love with Hazel, though. What was that, Claire? That's because you're in love with Hazel. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, for me, Hazel is um, Hazel is everything a leader should be and just about everything everyone should aspire to be. He's fair-minded, he's uh, intelligent, he feels, yeah, as a leader, he feels deeply for everyone in everyone in his, his Warren. Um, he's daring, but he's responsible. Um, he's not the strongest rabbit. He's not got where he got uh, using his muscles, uh, but just by being a, a confident leader, and and being a good person or a good rabbit, and uh, I think that's yeah, he's a really great character. Yeah. Oh, is he Caesar? Is he no. Caesar to Pompey? Bigwig's Pompey. <laughs> I like that. Bigwig is sort of Pompey, isn't it? I think Hazel is Cicero. Then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Caesar's yeah. Caesar was a, a tyrant. He was a, a warlord. Um. Whereas, yeah, Cicero was was the, yeah, the thinker and the yeah, yeah, led by by talking and persuading mm. and uh, and by fair mindedness. Yeah, the the politician and the military leader. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I think that's I think Pompey is a good a good example because he in the end was on the side of the republic and sided with Cicero and everything, but uh, but yeah, was was quite headstrong and quite boastful and proud. I think there's a lot in that, which I guess makes Caesar General Woundwort. Oh, yeah, okay. Doesn't quite measure up. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, my vote is for Hazel. Cool. Fernando, you want to confirm your vote? And my vote is for... This just feels so wrong voting for your own thing. I think that we should just be... <laughs> as in, I guess that we have to continue uh, the, the format that we've already um, started, but I, I think that for the... Secret Oscars 2021 or 2024 yeah. or whatever the year is. <laughs> we, should, we should just make it a rule that you cannot you cannot vote for your for for your own things uh, for your own nominees. We can tweak the format. Yeah. Anyhow, I'm going to vote for Hazel. Yes, that's fair. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I I I do love Hazel, but I stick with my original choice of Bigwig. But that's fine. Clear. Okay. I vote for Hazel. It's three to one. It's Hazel. Jaws the shark versus uh, Hazel. Awesome. Hazel. Oh. 
That doesn't sound nice, does it? <laughs> oh dear, yeah, that's another one. We don't want to have a, an actual fight. <laughs> uh, Hazel's yeah, beaten better odds. I mean, worse odds. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I reckon Woundwork would May be a I good s- contender, though, to be fair. Um, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, Woundwork versus uh, versus the shark. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Give him a good fight. Oh, special mentions. <laughs> Anyone got any special mentions? Because I have a couple. I don't, well, apart from uh, what's the the duck? Gertrude, yeah. Gertrude, Gertrude yeah. the duck. <laughs> um, I had uh, Mrs. Brisby. Yeah. And uh, Figaro. Yeah, me too. The cat from Pinocchio. Yeah. yeah. And just the last one. Very insignificant character, but Tina from Napoleon Dynamite stole the scenes that she was in. <laughs> you know, I thought about her. That's the alpaca, yeah. right? Uh, third category, then, is mine. Ooh. And the one I chose was Best Song. Uh, so this could be a, an original song that was written specially for the film, or it could be just a, a song that was used in the film in, in some appropriate way. Um, I don't think we have had any films so far that just, like, randomly play a song that's quite good that has nothing to do with the film because that would seem like cheating a bit uh, but we don't have to worry about that um so i think we should go yeah it'll be fernando laura claire me fernando did you have a best song i do uh, uh, my my choice my nominee is <clears throat> tradition by uh, uh, on oh. fiddler on the roof excellent <laughs> laura brilliant um, mine is If I Were a Rich Man from Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a close call, and I'll tell you about my second choice um, in a second. So, Excellent. Claire? I'm going Bright Eyes from nice. Watch Shutdown. Oh, well done, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> mine is uh, Think as sung by Aretha Franklin yes. in yeah. Blues Brothers. That was my second choice. Excellent. I'm so glad someone said that. That was my third choice. Okay. My second choice was Desi Girl from Destana. <laughs> I, I was. This is why I said I'm so proud of you all. No one chose Desi Girl. <laughs> I was so, so close because I listened to it again and it, like five times comparing it with If I Were a Rich Man. It was a, it was such a good song. Like it's That's the a best a thing comparison. about that film. <laughs> I agree just with that. It's so catchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess the <laughs> perversely, we're now going to con- compare tradition to uh, think, <laughs> which is going to be quite quite a dramatic conflict, both of musical styles and of philosophy. Uh, <laughs> Fernando, could you could you say what you liked about tradition? Well, there's some. I guess that my vote for tradition goes um, because, and what can I say? There are so many things that I like about that song, and I think that it cannot be separated from the film itself, nor the person that I heard singing that song, which in that case is um, yes, Tevye. Tevye. <laughs> I just love the way love the way that he. Um, <laughs> Love the way that he speaks. I, lo- I love his voice. Um, uh, I also love the story. And more than 
any of it, I think that I loved the word, the word itself, um, tradition, which basically encompasses uh, not only the perhaps um, topic or uh, of, of the film, but also something that is, it speaks of something that is very important to most people. I'm not sure if most people, but certainly a a large subset of humanity. I think that tradition also um, dictates our uh, ways of thinking and behaving. Um, but I, I guess then, um, I, yeah. I guess that all these arguments are perhaps not non. Um, um, directly, I guess those are indirect arguments. Um, but I guess the direct arguments is just that the voice was amazing, the rhythm was amazing, and it's such a good film that I've been listening to to that song quite frequently since the first time that I heard it, which was precisely when I when I watched <laughs> that film. Was it was my first time watching Fiddler in the Roof. <clears throat> And to, to 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 me, it was, oh, um, was great. brilliant. Uh, yeah. I think this was probably the 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 most straightforward straightforward category for me. Um, my this was my first choice. My second choice was um, I think Peter Gunn theme from uh, the, the the Blues Brothers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. excellent. Um, I'm going to have trouble arguing against that. <laughs> um, Br- Blues Brothers was a lot of fun, and uh, that song was uh, the song "Think" by by Aretha Franklin. Um, just came out of nowhere in such a surprising way, uh, and it was really really good fun. Uh, I, if anyone doesn't remember, this is where they're in the diner, and they've come to to mm-hmm. get their old their old friend to get back together. Um, with the band and his <laughs> his wife tells him firmly that's not going to happen and he says something disrespectful to her and she just bursts into this song and I hadn't realised that that was Aretha Franklin until she started singing and then, you know, by the second or third line <laughs> it's just unquestionable. She's got this incredible, powerful voice. She puts so much energy into it. There's, there's so much fun in that song as well. It's... You could really sort of dance to it. It really, um, it's lighthearted, but also it's it's got a really powerful message, which is um, pretty much l- listen, listen up, man. <laughs> Think about what you're doing. Um, not going to put up with any of your shit. Uh, and it, it's good that that can be so fun, but also so uh, such a, a interesting message. Um, but also, yeah, she's just just a great singer, great performer, and I uh, liked how everybody started dancing along with it, even the people who were uh, sort of who in the <laughs> scene there were against her, including the, the two Blues Brothers, because uh, you've got to dance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my case for Think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's really tough. They're both such great songs, and they're both like really amazing scenes in the films as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it just has so much energy and it's so, so catchy. Because Aretha Franklin is just unbeatable, isn't it? She's just a wonderful singer. And, Pretty good. Yeah, it's a great song. And then Tradition is just encapsulates the entire film. It's what they're, oh, it's the source of all the tension. 
Um, and as well and as, it, like, the the music in it is really striking. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, sorry, Claire, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say the same thing. Like, as a song, it is also just fantastic. Yeah. Um, not just its place in the film. Yeah, yeah. Um, in itself, it's great. Oh, yeah, Tevi is, is, is also... This is really hard. Um, I think... I'm going to end up voting for tradition here. <laughs> um, this is twice now. I've nominated three things. And I've voted against them twice. Um, oh, I don't know how I didn't think of tradition because uh, that that is just so good and it fits in the film so well. Um, in fact, I was thinking about this recently. I, I don't know if anyone knows, um, but when the year that Mary Poppins came out, it won the... Oscar for the real Oscar for best <laughs> original song. Um, yeah. And does anyone know which song that was? Was it as? Oh, I'm probably wrong. I would guess that it was a spoonful of sugar, but I, I don't actually know. Yeah, that's what I would have guessed, but no. Does anyone was know? It not? No, oh. it is uh, Chim Chimney. Oh, and I I always found that baffling. I thought that's that's one of the most forgettable songs it's a, it's not one of the big showstoppers it's not one of the ones that you whistle on the way home out of the cinema or whatever why on earth did they pick chim chimney and only the last couple of times that i've seen mary poppins have i got it which is it's not just a song it is uh it is the backbone of the whole film um it links scenes together they they never sing the whole of chim chimney it comes in bits and pieces all the way through the film, um, and it links different themes. It it creates this mood that runs through it, and and it, it is the song of Mary Poppins, uh, and that's what tradition was in Fiddler on the Roof. They have this bit at the start where it sets the scene amazingly, um, basically <laughs> provides the background for the entire film that's going to play out. But then all the way through, he'll occasion yeah, this this theme keeps coming back where it goes on da 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 and that mm. it does that in happy bits, it does it in sad bits, it does it he'll he bursts out yelling tradition whenever he's uh, conflicted about his his daughters getting married. And so in in the same way that Chim Chimney is the song of Mary Poppins, I think this was the song of Fiddler on the Roof. And it it fits so well. Uh, I think I'm gonna have to end up voting for it. Yeah, I'm pretty convinced now, actually, as well. <laughs> oh, but think, as I oh, it's just so good as a song. It is, and yeah. The, I think philosophically, I agree with Think More. Um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very much about breaking those traditions, isn't it? Yeah, they're, um, they're very opposite principles. Yeah. <laughs> But then tradition, is tradition about tradition being a good thing? Uh, I feel like tradition is just about this is what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And that that is something that's still true. Yeah, well, as as I think Fernando said, the the whole film is about about challenging tradition um, and the conflicts of tradition and modernism. So having that, yeah, it it sets up the film very well and... (laughs) sets up what tradition is any other thoughts or shall we vote I'm ready to vote do you know like when you're in a restaurant and you haven't decided (laughs) 
<laughs> and the waiter is here. And you end up ordering beans on toast or something because you <laughs> immediately regret it. Uh, yes, uh, Fernando, could I ask right for your now, vote? Uh, all this time I've been trying to, as in, I would like to quote something that I read. Um, that, that I read very oh. recently again has to do with Chief Justice um, Neil Gorsuch from the Supreme Court of the United States. Yes, so I, I again I completely agree with philosophy of textualism. Um, so I'm I'm going to cast my my vote now. Um, but here I would like to to quote his um his note on the majority opinion on his recent um ruling on the, I guess, protection of LGBT rights in the case of the Supreme Court, which was just um, announced a few days ago, if not yesterday. Um, I think he, mm. he, expre- he starts by saying, um, when the express terms of a statute given, you know, give us one answer and extra textual considerations suggest another, it's no contest. Only the written word is the law, and all persons are entitled to its benefit. Um, I know that I nominated tradition, uh, but in truth, in, in 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 my respecting what the what, what the award is with, with the category that we are considering, like mm-hmm. the best song. If I were to if I were to choose uh, tradition, I think it would be. Uh, giving um outsized importance to um external factors that make that song great um uh, it's basically when people oh. um when people say choose dvds instead of uh, blu-rays uh it, despite blu-ray being uh the higher quality film they choose dvds just because it's it's, it's, it's what you it's I guess it's just tradition. It's, it's, it's more readily available. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that um, think um, uh, by this um, legendary um, singer it, it itself is a much better quality song. And if we go just by what the words best song um, mean, which to me it means just the, the best quality song, I would, I would, I. It would be hard to me, isn't it? It would be contrary to my beliefs to vote for tradition when I know that "Think" is a superior song and uh, like an undoubtedly uh, better quality song, which is why I am now decided as in I, I'll cast my vote for "Think" uh, from the Blues Brothers. Very well said. Wow! Yeah. Every time anyone yeah. has so far said anything persuasive, I've been like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I'll vote for that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Michael, you need to well, speak up for tradition again before I... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Too late. Your turn, Laura. Yeah. I think as as much as I think think is an amazing song, I think tradition, even if I'm going by your logic, Fernando, I Fair think enough. tradition you is the best You were the liberal judge then. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Subjective, <laughs> isn't it? Um, so yeah, go on tradition. Mm-hmm. Clear. Okay. Is it me next? I yep. I'm going to think. It's just sort of fantastic song. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, 
I don't I don't have anything eloquent to say like Fernando. I, I like it better. <laughs> We've got oh, this could so be far two for think and one for tradition. Oh. Um oh, God. I did go to tradition there. I I don't entirely agree with Fernando's thinking and in, in his statement there that there is a lot of logic and sense to it but I think that a song cannot be considered in isolation um, every song is part of an album or part of a film or is part of something that gives it greater meaning and I think treating a song as a unit divorced from everything else is the same as treating um treating a word as divorced from everything else rather than thinking about what sentence it's part of uh, and the the context that a, a word is in uh, is what gives that word meaning. And I think songs are the same. Okay, that, that, that's a good point. However, uh, uh, I think point. that my 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 argument was, not, um, was more related to the title of the category, n- not what the... What, 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 uh, mm. Best song, not what the best song, song itself was. Yes. So, but I, I think part of what makes a song good is is the co- it, is the way yeah, it I, is I, used. Um. So I think finally I am going to go for tradition <gasps> as my vote. I think that all your arguments just convinced me even more that <laughs> my vote was the correct one. <laughs> Because I, I'm just thinking <laughs> of so many like <laughs> bad songs that, because of their context, have become so important. At least in, I guess in in my life, for example, there there's a, a very famous Mexican song called La Cucaracha, which is just ho- a horrible, bad. Ter- <laughs> I, I don't think that there's any that quality <laughs> to that song. Yet it's so popular and so part of the culture that I don't think it's gonna be forgotten. I think I don't think it's gonna, Mexico is gonna stop existing first, and then that that song will 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 continue through the ages. Unfortunately, <laughs> not because of its quality, but because of the way that it has been ingrained in society, uh, and because I, that's a thought that vexes me that vexes me a lot and I, 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 I think I'll definitely go with my own interpretation of uh, the, that I've already given and I will just re- restate that yes my vote goes undoubtedly for think and now we have a tie so we have to call the queen okay. yes I have a proposal it's... which is that either okay. we should take a vote on either the person whose category it is gets to decide gets to just decide Overrule, or or they don't get a vote in the situation of a tie. Or we call Michael Torres' mother. Yeah, we call Michael Torres' mother yes, and um, ask for her opinion. Yes. Oh, we could bring, bring in a third party. <laughs> she would vote for tradition. Okay, well in that case, no. <laughs> she loves Let's just call all. James Mitchell. Oh then. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I. Maybe I think could... in the event of a tie, if if nobody can be convinced. To change I, their I could mind. be convinced. I'm a floating voter, to be honest. Okay. But yeah, well, if, on. if no one can, then I think the host should uh, withdraw their vote. Um, mm. And it should go to the three, J- just like we will do in the final phase. Yeah, that's uh, true. Whether the host will not get a vote. I, so I think we should it, do that. Anyone um, considering moving? Now. I'm not going to move. <laughs> in that case, bizarrely, I will withdraw my vote in order that my, my uh, <laughs> nomination goes through <laughs> oh yeah uh, so that's 
that's uh, yeah. think by Aretha Franklin goes through, which is what I said in the first place, even though I'm not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, I think so completely forgot that Fernando nominated the tradition. Right, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a bizarre one. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got Laura and Claire, where Laura nominated. If I Were a Rich Man, also from Fiddler on the Roof. Yep. And Claire nominated Bright Eyes from Watership Down. Laura? I thought about Bright Eyes because Bright Eyes is a really good song. Like Simon and Garfunkel, you just mm. can't beat them. But, um, but ultimately I just... Well, there we go the then. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe we have another situation like the last bloody time. Who knows? But If I Were a Rich Man, it certainly doesn't occupy the grandest place in Fiddler on the Roof, but I think... For me, it's the most memorable song. Like, it's just so good. And he performs it so well. And I could just listen to it again and again and again. And I, I want to watch it. Well, he's, I know that's not really counts as part of the song, but like, I want to watch him sing it because he's just so mm-hmm. animated and like convincing. And it, it might be about just his dreams of grandeur and things like that that are just so in contrast to what's around him. But, you know, it's kind of a superfluous song. But God, it's catchy, isn't it? Yes. That, that's my that's my bit. That's all I've got. Um, I have some beef with that song in that I can never sing along to the the like dada dada dum bit <laughs> after if I were a rich man. So I've always kind of hated that. Just as a <laughs> you know, personal slight, I feel like it's insulting my ability to sing along with a song. because um, I have no sense of sense of rhythm. But I think in all other aspects, it is a very good sing-along catchy song um, mm. that encapsulates a lot of uh, feelings we've all felt, maybe, <laughs> at different times. Mm. What about Bright Eyes? What made you pick that? Well, it's just Bright Eyes, isn't it? It's just <laughs> just so touching. Oh, I can't listen to um, it without like, weeping like a <sighs> baby. Yeah, I just, oh, I just, oh, yeah, so Art Garfunkel's voice. Oh, just yeah, that that's melancholy tone to it is just phenomenal. And at that moment in the film, it just captures everything, certainly mm. captured everything I was feeling as I watched that. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think you could design something to fit the situation better mm. than that. It's, yeah. Yeah just perfect for me so that, that that's all really Fernando Michael next well um, very unfortunately Fernando? I do not remember um, the song I mean, I, yeah I don't remember Bright Eyes and Watership Down um, maybe that is partly due to the fact that I um, don't remember any songs in Watership Down. Um, and I think that the only one that I... oh, there's, there's, there's only, only that really one. That okay, one. well, if if that's the only one that yeah, there there is, the I still one. do not remember that one. Um, whereas I do remember <laughs> if I were a rich man, and uh, maybe I don't remember it because of Fiddler in the Roof, but because of um, is it one Stefani's version if it, if I were a rich girl, um, and. <laughs> Oh yeah, and oh, I've listened yeah. to that song several times. I just feel like maybe it's um, 
I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a more influential song, definitely. And um, the only thing that I can say with respect to Bright Eyes is that it reminds me of another song called Ocean Eyes by Billie Eilish, and she's cool. Um, <laughs> uh, but I think that in this case, I'm going to vote for uh, If I Were a Rich Man. Seems mm. legit. Okay. Michael, your thoughts? Um. My thoughts, I'm going to reveal something here, which is that I never really liked If I Were a Rich Man all that much. What? Um, it's, it's catchy, it's fun, uh, but it's pretty uh, pretty vacant. There's a lot of just doobo doobo dum, which is not... <laughs> yeah, the bits I like can sing along. The words are a bit weak. Um, it's, it gives us some insight into Topol's character, uh, sorry, into, yeah, into Tevya's character, um, but not not in the same way that some of the other songs do or that his dialogue does. Um, so while it's a bit of fun, I it's not a great song for me. Um, whereas Bright Eyes is astounding, e- even out of context. It's it's a great song. Uh, Art Garfunkel is a, an amazing singer, but especially as part of this film, which again, I think, I think context is a big part of these songs. Um, it just captures the mood perfectly and it, I think it, they don't even sing the whole thing. I think it's it actually lasts like less than a minute and a mm. half, but yeah. somehow it just like doubles the quality of the film. Um, not least because that's sort of the first time that we really see the Black Rabbit, mm. um, and it's oh, it's just enchanting and yeah, it's used so well. Um, so de- definitely, it's bright eyes for me. It is enchanting. That a good word for it is enchanting. And it's quite difficult to put that up against my very frivolous choice, which undoubtedly is the silliest song in that film. But it's my favourite <laughs> song from Fiddler on the Roof, and I'll, I'll die on that hill. Um, <laughs> I'm still going to vote for it. Should we, should we vote? Yep, I have a so feeling that I will be withdrawing my vote in a second. But <laughs> If I were a rich man or bright eyes. Fernando? Uh, if so, I were a Fernando? rich man. Excellent. Laura? I will be sticking with my choice, which is if I were a rich man. Claire? Bright eyes. And I'll be saying bright eyes as well. <laughs> Great. So that's another tie. I I will I'm still the host, so I I, oh, I, I will withdraw I if I need host. to. That was so weird. No, sorry. Oh uh, no, unless... I think bright eyes should get it. Yeah, if you <laughs> want to change was, your vote at this point. I was fully expecting I for, for some bizarre reason thought this is my choice. It means I'll withdraw my vote. Yeah. And Bright Eyes, the, the natural winner, should go through. Um, even though I <laughs> wanted to vote for my favourite song, which is... If, oh, now I'm in a pickle. But I th- no, I'm going to switch to Bright Eyes. Sorry. Sorry, guys. switching oh, to I Bright didn't. Eyes. I don't have any principles. So in which case, after a little prompting, uh, <laughs> Laura changes her vote. Uh, so we'll be going for Bright Eyes, which will face off against uh, Think in the final. Oh, wait, <laughs> I the, I an interesting one. I forgot that oh. tradition. I am all over the place. I thought tradition went. I can't believe both songs were fit. I am so sorry to fiddle on the roof. You didn't deserve this. I'm, I'm a fleek. It's all gone wrong, isn't it? <laughs> it has. I didn't understand what was happening. I got confused. But that's fine. I think those are worthy worthy nominees to face off against each Excellent. other. Excellent. Fair enough. So that'll be Bright Eyes and Think, which we will uh, which we will discuss later, or which we'll reveal the winner of later. Uh, yeah. Moving on, we have Fernando's first category. Okay, well, the Do you title want to introduce this, this one, Fernando? Is best 
representation of life in the universe. And the reason I chose this is because um, I really like life, I suppose. Um, <laughs> uh, in fact, I love all kinds <laughs> of um, life on Earth, specifically because that's the only life that I know. <laughs> but I did not want to be too, um, uh, <laughs> I guess, Earth-centric. I wanted to include everything in the universe. And I said, well, I think that I just assume that there is life um, in the universe, and I wanted to. One of the one of the uh, perhaps maybe it isn't one of the aims of um, the film, but maybe it would be put to good purpose if we used the film to take a glimpse uh, on how life is in the universe, and so I wanted I wanted to see which of the films that we've watched made a made the best job at um showing us how um life is isn't actually is in the universe that's right should go laura claire me fernando brilliant um so i had a few and i ended up going with what i think is probably the most obvious one but for hopefully not obvious reasons, which is the, the thing. thing. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. The thing. And I will explain why in a moment. Okay. Claire? Uh, I've gone with Water Ship Down. Okay. Oh. Nice. Mm. I've gone for Rashomon. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Which I'll talk about and in a second. And my choice, uh, my, again, my nom- I nominate uh, Songcatcher. Mm. Great. Um, so, the thing. Well, it, I guess it first occurred to me because you said universe, and we want to be not mm-hmm. human-centric, possibly, and go for more than human, mm-hmm. which is an obvious choice to be a film that has loads of aliens in it. Or one alien, whatever you like <laughs> to think of. But, I was listening to, I, I went back and listened to this, a sort of a brief bit of this episode just to kind of see, remind myself what it was about. And we say this is a great representation Whoa. of life in the universe um, because <laughs> the universe is like a game of chess. Really? Yes, because our lives are structured by this kind of like, this weird pattern of, of strategy and opponents and like chess, I suppose. So that's why we said it was like the universe. But I think more than that, it was a cosmic ballet. That's how I would describe it. And (laughs) what's more like life in the universe than a cosmic ballet? (laughs) (laughs) That's difficult to argue with. All I've got. (laughs) Not sure I understood the category. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. So the reason I chose Songcatcher um, is that, well, I mean, I actually can't remember if Songcatcher is the film that I'm thinking that it is. Uh, <laughs> but I believe that Songcatcher is the film about a um, um, person, uh, a woman that goes into the forest and then realizes that she's found a a group of people that have kept their, um, I suppose, the traditions to reference the previous categories. Um, 
and they keep um, singing songs. Um, and if it is, then that's one of the, I think to me, only two films that actually show us that are, yeah, I guess that show us things that could literally have happened if not actually happened in real life. Um, it tells us the story about uh, this color and also about uh, this group of people. And um, it's something that could be... Um, I guess if it, if it were real life, I guess could... It was actually part of a study of an anthropological. Uh, was was a no? She was a musician, but could have been part of. Um, um, I'm not sure mm. if I'm going to be. I'm actually not sure if I'm, I'm going to be right in saying that could have been part of a an anthropological study. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And in doing that, I think it's a good representation of how life is and a subset, a proper subset of the universe, which is in this case, Earth. <laughs> but was it a cosmic family? I think, I th- I think, I think if we <laughs> generalize the concept of, the, if we general, if we take, yeah, if we generalize the concept of ballet, I think it was because there was just so much music that basically instigated you to dance in this abstract, uh, in this abstract, uh, yeah. abstract ballet, yes. <laughs> Excellent. (laughs) Um, Brilliant. I've written down the wrong thing here. So we're talking about the most abstract cosmic ballet. Is that right? (laughs) That's the alternative name for this. (laughs) Most abstract cosmic ballet. (laughs) That should be an Oscars category, shouldn't it? Throw out best sound mixing. <laughs> Who cares about mixing sounds? I know. <laughs> Claire, what are your thoughts? Or would you like me to go first? I think I'd like you to go first. I still have to do some processing. Yeah. So it seems to me that um, both of you have a, a fair point here, um, but you've come at it from slightly different directions. So Fernando's talking about uh, the best representation of life in the universe, meaning most faithful representation of something that did or could have really happened in the universe uh, involving life. And for that, I think Songcatcher is is a very good example. Um, Laura, talking about the thing, I think is not saying this is something that probably literally happened, um, (laughs) but that it gives us some insight. It, It is somehow symbolically true of life in the universe in the sense that it shows us competing, uh, yeah, like competing forces struggling against each other, um, and I think that yeah, in a, a cosmic ballet slash game of chess, I think that those both are pretty, pretty abstract, but also legitimate. I have to admit, I put The Thing as my second choice. Oh. Um, I was thinking about The Thing just because it was, um, yeah, this whole, the, the film boiled down to uh, this weird game theory. And I think that 
those little weird game theory things where like if you assume everyone else is acting honestly then everyone will get on but if anybody suspects anybody else mm. uh we all start harming each other in in unfortunate ways this is like the core of uh of yeah how how life as we understand it works uh, there's this brutal competition but there's also cooperation in a, a really difficult to understand way and so i think it represents life in the universe quite well um so i'm i'm tempted to go for that, uh, that because is... of course i'm reading the go on oh sorry i was gonna say that a lot of what you described as well is what made me almost pick the thing for the next category the best insight into human mm-hmm. life because it was ah. so they were just making all of these terrible decisions that humans would make based on suspicion and like fear and prejudice acting just out of survival yeah. instincts but they were also tenacious they cooperated sometimes and they ultimately were doing it to protect humanity so they were out for the greater good even though it played out in this weird way with flamethrowers um Mm. (laughs) so that did kind of feed into representation of a subset like fernando said of life in the universe apart from that he was gesturing towards these mysteries of the universe and this game theory idea which is what hinged upon these sort of patterns um as well as i think it's this striking this balance between choice and chance and these higher powers that we don't really understand were intervening in ways that were prompting these chances and choices and oh, this sort of it was a complicated i'm getting more out of it thinking about this it this way than i did when we just watched it i think claire do you have any <laughs> i still don't know <laughs> um yeah it just comes i think it comes down to how to interpret the question mm. um and I, I took it to be the most insightful representation of life in the universe, the one that most, maybe not authentically, but insightfully represented life. Uh, mm. Maybe not insightful is not really the word. See, I took it that way at first, but then I thought we have best insight into human life, which sounds like it would be extremely similar, if not the same, which means that best yeah. representation of life in the universe has to be more than more than that. Of You know, it's got to be grand. I'm just going to say cosmic ballet one more time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm glad you did. I was just okay. going to say, I also think uh, Songcatcher had... We were talking about the cosmic ballet and all the the interesting things you could look into in, in the thing about human interplay and things. And I think there's a lot in Songcatcher as well about exploitation and um, human protectiveness of their own and like mm. what who who owns the right to someone's experience and stuff like that. Um, and whether that's a representation of life, I don't know. But I think, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> I hadn't really thought that all the way through. I was hoping I'd come to a conclusion before I stopped speaking, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone else do that? <laughs> Star, yeah. I thought, and it turns out there's no conclusion. <laughs> I think we all do it quite a lot in this film. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I, I like the thought of what Songcatcher does, but I'm still going to vote for the thing. I think I'm going to vote for the thing as well. The thing and yeah. Michael, uh, what is your vote? Um, I'll also go for the thing. I the think thing. because it give 
it tells us so much about life in the universe. Excellent. Well, um, in our case, well, not in that case. In, despite this, I will still, <laughs> I will still vote for Suncatcher because I stick to my uh, original interpretation of category. Perfect. But I guess this means that um, Suncatcher has been discarded, and the thing goes to the next phase. Can I point out so far that this is the fourth category and Watership Down has been nominated five times? <laughs> wow. This, 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 this must tell, tell us something about life in the universe. It's got to tell us something. Claire. Um, I, it's, just, it's just a representation of life in all its forms, isn't it? It's, it's interpersonal yeah. relationships. It's uh, interspecies relationships. It's... Um, yeah, it just represents life in all its facets, as far as I can tell. Um, the fact that it's rabbits meant that I <laughs> could nominate it here and not in Insight into Human Life. Um, oh, yeah. Because it's it's representing life of creatures. I think it tells us a lot about human society, but also about animals and other life forms. Nice. I think it just represents nice. life as a struggle and as its joys and everything about it. Brilliant. Michael? Rashomon? I went for Rashomon um, because it's at the, the core principle in Rashomon is this idea uh, which works on several levels to describe the universe, which is um, something happens uh, and we don't always know what that something is. <laughs> Um, the universe is unpredictable and many parts of it are unknowable and the Rashomon effect was one example of this even people who had witnessed something that happened uh, that information is lost and confused and corrupted uh, and I think that that tells us something about the universe not not only um, the way that people uh, get confused and people misinterpret what they see around them um but also like even down to like quantum physics and stuff um there's this undecidability about a lot of questions uh that this sort of raised for me but i think watership down might be a better answer (laughs) i think no i think that's a really fair there's something really in that with the unknowability that word is really important when we're discussing the universe um, about these characters who are just acting on pure guesswork and assumption and all these conflicting forms of the truth that there, there isn't mm. even just one truth. There's all these multiple truths. I'm having a very hard time deciding between worship down and Rashomon because I think that both are excellent representations of life in the universe. I think that both show us things that could actually happen. And then also Rashomon, apart from the very good insights into uh, how we are as in our memories might trick us sometimes. Um, but because I guess I have to choose between <laughs> these two as in, again, it's a, it's a very difficult decision, but I think I've made up my mind. I, I guess I'm, I'm ready to vote. Um, are we all ready to vote? I'm ready oh, to vote. I think so. I like the reasoning for Rashomon, but I'm going to go with Watership Down. Excellent. Uh, Claire? I'm sticking with Watership Down. Uh, Michael? I think I've been persuaded, <laughs> and I'm going for Watership Down. <laughs> Whoa. 
And my vote goes to uh, Watership Down as well. Uh, so is that this our is first consensus? Unanimous. Wow. Yeah, I guess this is our first <laughs> unanimous that long. to do Watership Down. Indeed, yes. Excellent. And with that, I think that we go to the next category, which <laughs> coincidentally is also mine. And this time it is um, Best Insight into Human Life. And here I would like to read one of my favorite poems by uh, the, I guess the correct title would be Tlatuani from a place called Tezcoco in Mexico. He was, I guess, technically not an Aztec, but he did speak the language of the Aztecs called Ayutl. Uh, of course, this, this poem is translated uh, to the English uh, and it goes like this. Um, mm. The poem is, I love the song of the mockingbird, bird of 400 voices. I love the color of jade and the intoxicating scent of flowers. But more than all, I love my brother, man. And to me, as in, I guess I just so agree with that sentiment. And there are so many, there are so many beautiful things on the universe. But I guess I'm just so biased because of being human that mm. the most beautiful aspect of life and the universe to me is just human life, which is why why I wanted um, to have a category to honor um, humankind. And I want to see which of the films uh, gave us um, an interesting insight into the way that we live. Um, and now I, I do turn to Laura. No, no pressure, Laura. <laughs> um, <laughs> pick Pinocchio. Um. <laughs> Pinocchio is a good Sorry, film. It's just the way you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a perfectly valid. It was just the, the meekness. It was really funny. It, it's about human life, definitely. But it's also about, I think, more than human possibilities, which are a fundamental part of human life. So uh, there, there's a lot of things I think that it represents really well. And part of that is the interaction with all these things that aren't human, all this interspecies stuff. Anyway, that's not really why I picked it. The reason why I picked it is because of the way it's structured, I think, is like human life, which is that they just kind of blow about from place to place. And like the thing, it's this kind of mixture of chance and choice and consistency and change, the consistent element being Jiminy Cricket, who's with them through pretty much the whole thing. But it's it's this constant, like, turbulent waves of of longing and self-discovery and uh, you know it's just it's got a really big scope for such a s simple story and film mm. and i think it just nice there's a lot that speaks to human life and that was my reason claire i'm going with fiddler on the roof nice. i've okay. batted around a lot of films for this i i think this is a really really difficult category to nominate a single film for because I think there were a lot of films we watched that did give us different insights into into human life. Um, but I, th I think Fiddler on the Roof uh, talks about that universal struggle between tradition uh, <laughs> and kind of just wanting to be happy, like wanting to do the right thing by other people, but also doing the right thing for you. Whether doing things because that's how it's always been done is a reason to keep doing them that way. 
talks about, you know, talks a lot about love and you know what love is, um, which I think is a huge part of human life. Michael Dorpy, it is um, your turn. Uh, my choice was Songcatcher, which we spoke wow. about a little bit before as well. Um, but I think it's it's subject matter is so uniquely human. Um, the idea, or maybe I'll talk about more talk about it more in a bit when we when we do the the face offs. But yeah, I, I think it. Uh, it oh, sorry, it I went right into the. Any- oh, I forgot that we would just give our. <laughs> oh well, you'll be first anyway. Oh. <laughs> We didn't exactly say. Uh, yeah, Songcatcher uh, for the fact that it is so human and it is entirely about humans. Indeed, I so agree. Um, and I guess my nomination is Crip Camp. So it's um, Pinocchio um, versus um, Crip Camp. And I think that Laura has made some opening statements. Would you <laughs> like to... This is why I love this. Like, <laughs> and what... Other circumstances would a group of four people <laughs> be arguing about the merits of Crip Camp versus Pinocchio? <laughs> <laughs> just... oh. I do feel very privileged sometimes to have you guys as friends. <laughs> um, Sorry, um, continue. No, no, thank you. Yeah, Laura, would you like to make it, like, as to further your case? uh, To be honest, I I forgot that we were doing that. So, but I've I've pretty much said everything. I can say it again. Mm, My argument for Crip Camp is that, well, I guess I'm 30 years old now, which, fair enough, I might not be 80 years old or 60 years old or 50, but I think that 30 years old are 30 years old. I feel like I've learned so many things. Um, I'm definitely not the person that I was uh, as a kid, nor as a teenager, nor as an undergrad, nor as a master's student. I feel like I've learned so many things, even about myself, that are so radically different from what I thought I was before. And this all has to do with the experiences that I've had with people that at some point were so different from me that it was so enriching. Yeah, that enriched my life so much that I now have a wider interpretation. I'm not saying that the widest or that it's all encompassing, but certainly, I I guess, a richer interpretation of life. And Crip Camp did that for me. I think Crip Camp allowed me to learn something about a set of people that maybe I don't come across very often in my life, but that are <laughs> that so as, as, as they're a part of society and that have to be considered. And it made me feel really bad that I seldom think of them when I guess some people are just, we are all stuck in our own bodies and in our own experiences and we cannot escape that. And I think that we, that we should be empathetic towards other people. And this film made me feel empathy uh, and grateful for feeling that empathy, um, which is why I nominated this film. Yes, that, that's my, that, that is my argument for that film. That was great. I, 
I think they're very different approaches to giving insight into human life. I think Crip Camp probably left me feeling like I'd learned most about humanity. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think Pinocchio is a, an interesting way to view human life because that, that's the the crux of it, isn't it? He's a, he's a made of wood. He's made, he's given life and then he's made human. Um, and I think seeing that progression and, and what it takes for that, what we think merits becoming human, like our mm. our idea of what you have to be to be considered human, I think. I, I think this one's an easy one for me. Uh, while Pino- Pinocchio does have something to say about the human condition and that kind of thing, it's it does go a bit batshit and all over the place. <laughs> um, there, there is a lot of noise in Pinocchio, I guess. If you're looking for a for a, a story about the human condition um, and an insight into human life, you have to ignore quite a lot of background stuff um, and ignore it quite selectively. Uh, whereas Crip Camp, I think, was a, a straightforward. Di- didn't require a lot of thinking and interpretation it really told a story told it well um it t- yeah it discussed ideas about what people should be entitled to how we should treat people who uh, are maybe more vulnerable than ourselves and also it had a lot to say about how to effect change in a in a society and i think that was a that was a, a really important message and a, and a really effective message uh, so I think it's Crip Camp for me. Yeah, I think a lot of the Pinocchio argument, oh, sorry, is largely symbolic, um, whereas hmm. Crip Camp is, like, genuinely excavates this this aspect of human life. Should we, uh, are we ready to vote? I'm ready, yeah. I am. Cool, then, Laura, um, would you like to tell us your vote? I'm going to vote for Crip Camp. You got me. Crip I think it's a better it representation is. of human um, life. Yeah. Um, Claire? Crip Camp. Crip Camp. Uh, Michael Dorpy? Crip Camp. And my vote also goes for Crip Camp. I guess this is the second time that we've <laughs> unanimously decided <laughs> in on Crip Camp. Excellent. Um, beautiful. Um, now <laughs> we have Fiddler on the Roof versus Songcatcher. I think I covered some of it in my introduction, um, but I, I do think it as a as a film, it just it explores humanity and the the human decisions we have to make um, throughout life. Um, I think sen- being central in this one character who's so torn, um, sort of lets us see uh, that struggle in in one person, and I think. I think everyone can relate to that idea of, you know, being torn between, you know, what, what your parents want versus what you want from your life, um, mm. what's expected of people and maybe what's best for people not being the same thing. <laughs> um, Michael Thorpe. Right. Um, what could be more human than songs? Uh <laughs> Birds sing and whales sing and that kind of thing, but it, it's different. Uh, the way that we construct music and the way that we uh, 
that we attach emotion and feelings to music uh, seems to me to be uh, bizarre and inexplicable uh, in a way that can only be human. Um, just uh, somebody was comparing the the two board games, chess and go, and they were talking about ha- how those rules were developed, and they said something like, uh, "Go is so natural." that if we ever meet aliens, intelligent life in space, uh, we'll probably find that they're playing some version of it, uh, whereas chess is so contrived and uh, specific that it could only ever have been contrived by humans. And I I feel exactly the same way about singing. Um, I could imagine if we saw... uh, Maybe animals have some kind of tradition, and if we met aliens, they might have tradition. there's something natural about that, but somehow there's nothing natural about singing, um, and that that there's something beautiful about that, and the fact that this song, that this film is not just about singing, but it's about um, somebody who wants to understand songs better uh, because she thinks it will help her learn something about people, and it's about people who feel that um, giving away their songs will uh, they they will lose something. These are these are ideas that are explored so well in the film and that are so so bizarrely and uniquely human that I thought they had to go in this category. This is just so hard. Uh, have we? Isn't are, are we all ready to vote on 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 for the on the roof versus Suncatcher? I think I am, unless uh, Laura I, has anything to say about these two. I don't know. I'm I'm very torn, but I'm ready to vote. Ah, oh, they were both excellent films. Uh, okay, I think I've made up my mind now. Uh, Laura, <laughs> would you like to tell us uh, your choice? Well, much as I don't like to go against anthropologists or anthropology, I'm going to comfort myself with the fact that she's actually an ethnomusicologist and go with Fiddler on the Roof, <laughs> which I think very persuasive arguments on both sides, but I had to pick based on which film I prefer, which <laughs> I know is maybe not the way to do it, but that's the one I want to get the Oscar, and I think it's got an equally good claim to represent human life, so that's that's why. That's my, that's my vote. Okay, one okay. vote for Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, Claire? Uh, Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, uh, Michael Dorby? Uh, I'm going to stick with Songcatcher. Uh, okay, and uh, my vote uh, as... <laughs> I, my vote was original. I, I, I had already <laughs> decided to vote for Songcatcher as well, so I guess that we are uh-huh. once again into a tie. And... This being my category, uh, I will recuse my answer, and that means that Fiddler on the Roof uh, goes to the next um, goes to the next um, stage. Right, the next category is uh, mine, and this is worst picture. Uh, so for this. Uh, it's the opposite of best picture. I just want the the worst film that we have seen. Where most of the films, I should say, uh, I have really enjoyed, and those that have been really bad, uh, I am really grateful to whoever chose them. That they we have never watched one where I thought I wish someone hadn't chosen this. It's been an interesting experience. Um, but there have been some a, a few real stinkers, and I think we should uh, have a few moments for them. We should uh, so honor worst, them. <laughs> yeah. So, worst picture. Um, could we start with Fernando? Yes. Uh, so, um, 
I guess I feel very um, protective about my choice. Um, um, so my choice is actually Southland Tales, and I'll I'll <gasps> I'll talk about it maybe what? when it's time to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Southland Tales from Fernando. Yes. Laura? I'm sure um, for a fight. You have pipped me to the post for Southland Tales because that was absolutely <laughs> my choice. Um, but I'm very happy to nominate Dostana instead. <laughs> Dostana from Laura? Claire? I, I did not think I'd get to uh, nominate my first choice, which is Song to Song. <laughs> song <laughs> to Song? <laughs> I just don't want to be part of this 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 conversation anymore. <laughs> that's uh, that's three of my top four taken. Um, but I I I did I did suspect that the 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 rest of you might choose some of mine. So I had a fourth one ready, uh, and that is Spencer Confidential. <laughs> no, okay, we're we're not friends anymore. I'm I'm leaving now. <laughs> this is an outrage. Um. So that yeah, I think this could be interesting. So the the first uh, matchup is going to be Fernando and me. Uh, Fernando can talk about Southland Tales, and I'll talk about Spencer Confidential. Yeah, well, there there are a few films, and by few, I mean there was only one film that made me feel as bad uh, as Southland Tales, and that is Southland Tales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, it was just so. Painful. I mean, I, I know that Song to Song has been nominated as well, and I, I remember that when we, well, I, I guess I'm not going to talk about Song to Song. I'm only going to talk about Seven Tales, and it was just so painful. I was not understanding anything, and I know that there's some beauty in not understanding things. I guess that, I guess it could be compared to a um, contemporary art or modern art museum where you just basically walk around the aisles with the constant awareness of not being able to understand anything. Uh, and there might be some beauty in it, um, <laughs> but not this time. As in, it was extremely, <laughs> extremely painful. Um, I had to watch it, and I think if I remember correctly, around seven sessions, seven installments. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time arguing that anything was worse than Southland Tales. Um, Guys, I, come on! It was... <laughs> oh, it's going to go down as like a, an deep. absolute epic of our time. All right. <laughs> it's going to be the Citizen Kane of the 2010s. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, absolutely. So I need to speak up about Spencer Confidential. Um <laughs> This was a a poor film. Uh, they made a lot of poor decisions. Uh, the characters were cardboard cutouts um, at best. The uh, the writing was lazy. Um, it was at least kind of knowing. It sort of knew what it was, and that's worth something. And there were a few funny bits, even if you were kind of laughing at how bad the film was. Um, I at least didn't wish I had that part of my life back, but it it was crap. Um, <laughs> I think I think Fernando summed it up well when he said, "I was hoping this was not just going to be another terrible Netflix movie, but it was just another terrible <laughs> Netflix movie." I may be paraphrasing there. 
Um, yeah, Spencer Confidential. I wonder if there is something to be said for the fact that all four films that were nominated for Worst Picture are films that I actually chose. I should feel... <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be fair, I also nominated the film that I chose. (laughs) If it makes you feel better, my second choice was only Half of the Fall. Uh, Yes. Uh, The fantasy half. Yeah. I, I thought about the fall, but I, I remembered that the sort of yeah, the the good half of it was actually a really good film that yeah. I really enjoyed. Um, just yeah, I'd, I'd like a fan edit that didn't have all the crazy stuff in it. I think this is just a reflection that you pick the most diverse films, Fernando. <laughs> and by diverse, you mean basic. worst film? Well, <laughs> you had some real hits as yeah, well. Yeah, no, there's been some was was fantastic. Yep. Well, so which September. in September? Yeah, that was oh, okay. brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some real, real smashers and some real. Well, <laughs> I was going to say stinkers, but it sounds like maybe we disagree on <laughs> what makes a bad film as well. So I, I don't think you should take that as an insult. <laughs> I'm really surprised by your pick, Michael. I thought yeah. for sure, yeah, yeah. for sure, you were going to pick Midsummer. Oh yeah, no, because you I didn't said like you would Midsummer. have stopped watching it. Like it made you feel so, or Uncut Gems, which you also hated. Um, yeah, but Spencer Uncut Gems was just there. a terrible film. The, those were both pretty bad, but Spencer Confidential was really bad. Yeah, um, yeah. There's different levels of bad film here. Midsummer had something going for it. O- overall, I think it was bad, but it wasn't wasn't completely terrible. Cool. So, what's facing off against what? Oh, I don't. I, uh, Southland Tales was absolutely the worst film I think I've ever seen in my entire life. So, I don't even want to elaborate on it because it doesn't deserve. I, it just <laughs> makes me so angry. Even when I was I was I, looking for like clips for it for this, and just having to rewatch those clips, and I was like, "What is this film?" <laughs> Why? Why was this made? Who wrote this? I want them dead. <laughs> no, probably not. But anyway, Southland Tales had something special about it that makes it the worst film in our repertoire. Oh, um, that's those are my thoughts. See, this is really to tough because it was definitely worse than Spencer Confidential. <laughs> but as I say, it might be the best film that's ever been made. So it's <laughs> very. <laughs> Difficult to say it's the worst film. Wait, how can it be worse? How can it be worse than Spencer Confidential if it's the best film that it was ever made? That's true. I I just don't know, and that that's what's great about it. I don't know what I think about it, (laughs) and this is part of the reason I (laughs) think I like it. I don't know. Um, Spencer Confidential was was just an exercise in mediocrity. Um, <laughs> but at least Southland Tales was trying something. It was it had a goal. <laughs> it had dignity. Yeah. I don't it went think it down had in dignity. a ball of flames. I'm not sure I'd go as far as to say it had dignity. <laughs> I remember a scene on the beach where a woman just screams, I want to suck your dick. I'm gonna kill myself if I can't do that. So <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> she is edgy. Is. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is not a difficult one for me. I, I nominated Spencer Confidential largely because Southland Tales had already been picked. Um, there's there's different levels of bad film and Southland Tales properly sucked. Okay. If I, I was think... at Cannes, I would have booed it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, what made it reasonably enjoyable to watch was knowing that I was going to rip it to shreds in the meeting and I did love our meeting on it. So that's <laughs> what it's got going for it. But it has yes. literally nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm ready to vote. Uh, so I, th- I think we could vote now, Fernando. Uh, my vote goes to Southland Tales. Laura? Southland Tales. Claire? Can I abstain? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, I think I have to vote for Southland Tales. I think it's the worst film ever made. <laughs> yeah, if it turns out it's amazing, mm-hmm. then uh, then uh, yeah, we'll we won't hold this against you. Okay. Um, I'm also voting for Southland Tales. Whoa, our third unanimous God awful film. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not bad, eh? Um. So next up is uh, <laughs> Dostana versus uh, song compared to song to song. To song. Yes. Uh, this one's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> uh, so, Laura, do you want to summarise Dostana and what was terrible about it? It just, it was, it, it sticks in my mind as like one of the worst films um, for a number of reasons. Number one, lest we forget, it's about four hours long. Um, it's oh, it's yeah. double the length <laughs> that it should be. Um, it's it's, it's an the... epic without the epic content. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so homophobic that again, I was looking yeah. for some mm. some like examples and clips and things like that, and I was just once again hit full force in the face with how offensive it is. Um, and it just doesn't. It has no self awareness of how offensive it is or how terrible it is. And we're just in the slog of. Of three hours or something, watching these reprehensible, horrible characters fight over this woman to no avail, to no lessons learned. It's just, it's just a, it's just a bad film. There you go. Yeah, but it does have Desi Girl song. Fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so, song to song, Claire, could you, could you summarize that? That god awful film. Not really. I don't really remember it. Uh, there were some shots of her abdomen. Um, I think there might that have was been most of it. Like they might have been in love. I can't. Maybe um, there were definitely lots of pastel colors and some kind of storyline, but I don't think it was linear. Um, and that's about all I've got, to be honest. I think I'm having the same reaction. So sorry, I, I think I'm having the same reaction that he had when I nominated Southland Tales because <laughs> even though I somehow, even though I somehow recognized that Song to Song was a little bit hard to watch, I I have a special place for it in my heart, and I think that it's just probably the best film I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just madness. I I don't see how you can possibly have conflicting feelings. <laughs> um yeah i think i think some people might like it um but 
I didn't. Um, and Fair I think it's become a, a meme for a reason within our group. <laughs> Which is yeah, why I was surprised true. no one else nominated it. I was confident that someone else would nominate it or I would have just for posterity <laughs> reasons. That... Yeah, that was my number one if it hadn't come up. It was also our first recorded meeting. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh. It cannot so possibly times. be the worst picture. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Podcast got off to a real bad start. <laughs> so I'm really conflicted with these two. Um, because by far, if I had to choose which one I want to watch right now, I'd pick Dostana. Because uh, it was... <laughs> It was at least kind of entertaining. There was some comedy. It was lighthearted. There were fun songs and stuff like that. Um, whereas song to song was just just tedious for me. Um, I the, see. The only, so what you're saying the, the, is basically you would have voted for Donald Trump instead of Hillary Clinton. <laughs> it's more entertaining this way. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Um, so, so that's the problem. There is that Dostana. Uh, I think Dostana might be a more harmful film in that, like, it, if I was to decide which one I was going to put on, you know, BBC One and broadcast to the nation, like, what do I think would be a more worthy film for anybody to spend any time watching? I feel like Dostana was actually kind of harmful in the way it was so homophobic and, and backwards feeling. But at the same time, I'm not here. It's not like this is worst picture. That's not necessarily uh, like I'm the policeman of what everybody should be watching. Um, And to some extent, uh, you can treat it as kind of a product of its time. Nah. Embarrassingly recently. (laughs) Um, But. It's kind of like sometimes you need to to overlook the fact that a, a film is is a bit ignorant if you want to have any fun analyzing it critically. Um, so I'm really conflicted. Definitely, song to song was was worse to watch. I see. Um, so it, it's interesting to see how I believe that you're taking the opposite uh, position that you were taking with the category of best song where you're basically saying you should take into account oh. the intent and not the literal meaning. Oh, not the intent, but the, the, the context, place it fits in yeah, as the, the film, yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and if I was to take into account context more, um, then maybe I would also, maybe that would be me going even further and saying uh, Dostana was written for an audience that already had those prejudices. Um, the the reason all the jokes were like that is because people would find that funny, um, at least the target audience would. Um, and so maybe I should be more forgiving of it for that, but also it totally sucks that it was really ignorant and they should have known better. Um, I'm kind of stuck. I think in the end, uh, the fact that it had, <laughs> the fact that it was worth watching um, for some reason probably tips it as Dostana was a better film. Mm. Uh, whereas Song to Song really for me had no re- nothing going for it. It had no no good sides. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. Interesting. Very much how I feel about Southland Tales. 
<laughs> Are we ready to vote? I think I am, I am yes. Yep. Okay, this is Dostana or Song to Song. Fernando? Um, so my vote goes for Dostana. Dostana is the worst picture. Mm. Yep. Laura? Um, I'm also Dostana. I think Song to Song had something in it for me. I, I didn't I didn't totally hate it. Um, maybe it was a bad film. But yeah, Dostana was just... Yeah, just move on. <laughs> so Dostana was the worst picture. Yep. Yeah, that's two votes for Dostana. Claire? Uh, song to song for me. Yeah. Uh, I think I think for me it was song to song as well, just because it didn't really have any positive sides. It was just just boring. Um So that's two versus two. Anyone thinking of moving? Anyone yep. unsure? No. Claire? Nope. No. Uh I mean, I was kind of conflicted anyway, but yeah, I'll, I'll withdraw my vote then. Um, and Dostana was the uh, the worst picture. <laughs> That's probably probably for the best. Or not not the absolute worst. We still have to. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so it, it will be either Southland Tales or Dostana. <laughs> Both pretty bad films. I'm sure we can all agree. Yeah. <laughs> That's that category. Yeah. Uh, Next one is Claire's. Yeah, Claire. Okay, next up is Best Actor. Uh, uh, Did we decide on universal gender or gender neutral? I think gender neutral is probably... No, I think that we went for any gender. Any gender. Uh Um, So, uh, who do we start with? Michael? Uh, Is that you, Michael? Uh, Oh, yes, I suppose so. Um... So my choice for this was uh, Anne Baxter as Ooh. Eve in All About Ooh. Eve. Whoa. Interesting. Then uh, we have uh, Fernando. My first choice um, is Bette Davis uh, from All About Eve as Margot. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Laura? Oh, now I'm really torn because I was sure that someone was going to pick one of my choices. Ah, I'm going to go with... Um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Heim Topol? From Fiddler on the Roof. Topol. Tevye. Yeah, Topol. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, good choice. Uh, uh, I will go for Janet McTeer from... Uh, Songcatcher. Uh, what was her name? Professor Lip. Cod Lippy or whatever she was called. Okay, the, the main character in the Songcatcher. The main character, yeah. The Songcatcher. The Songcatcher. So those are the nominations. Um, in that case, the first head-to-head is between Michael and me. So that is between... Janet McTeer and uh, Eve from All About Eve. Anne Baxter, yep. Anne Baxter. Do you want to to begin with your opening statement? Yeah, sure. It is difficult, is it not, uh, to play a character who is playing a character. Um, Eve plays quite a range of different 
parts in that film. Uh, when we see her true colours, she's uh, she's wicked and and a little a little frightening. Um, when she's put her put her her face on and she's being uh, being the the sweet innocent, um, I I found her believable. But for example, Laura didn't um, because she managed to maybe communicate that she was playing the innocent, but she was actually actually had something else behind her. Um, yeah, she played the whole range quite well, and uh, I found her very watchable, very believable in that role. Excellent. Um, my choice was very simple. I, I I found Jeanette McTeer very believable as that character. I think a little bit of my nomination is because I like the character so much, which I tried mm. to avoid, but I'm just concerned think, that that might be the case with her. That's a skill um, of the actor, though. You know, that's part of their acting as well. So, yeah, I just, yeah. I just found her very compelling. I, I just believed who she was. It felt like watching a documentary to some extent, just watching her interact and stuff. Um, Brilliant fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> just on Eve, I think she. I yeah, I agree. She did play it so well that there was. I think there was mm. hints of her being this real villainous sort of scheming character from the beginning, just with these, partly because of the cinematography, but also because she acted it so well. Um, but I was still like quite shocked in the bathroom scene where she starts blackmailing Karen. So there, there was still that kind of punch to it, um, mm. I think. But yeah, just she was captivating, wasn't she? I, I still remember like quite vividly her her sitting on the staircase talking about her love of the theatre and the audience and things like that. So yeah, there was something very compelling mm-hmm. about her performance. And yeah, I, I also, I really liked, um, was it Janet McTeer? Did you say her name was? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I thought she, her character was very likable. Um, and she played it well. I wouldn't say it was the most memorable for me though. Yeah, I think me that's, those are my thoughts. I think for me, that's what was so good about it. Was it? Mm. I didn't watch it and think, "Wow, she's an amazing actor." I just watched it and believed she was the character, and then got on with my life. Yeah, um, and in some ways, that's that's the real quality of the actor. Um, but yeah, that's I, true. yeah she didn't good. have as complex uh, a task as Eve. Yeah, they were very different. Um, mm. What was being asked of them, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon, Fernando? Uh, yes. So you said then. Um, I think you said um, that if you, if you, if you didn't think about the actor being like a good actor, if you just uh, look at it and you, you you're impressed by it. Uh, and and just go about your life uh, after watching the film uh, that mm. says more about uh, about that actor and uh, that reminds me of this second line of the preface to the picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde that says to reveal art and conceal the artist is art's aim, which basically uh, I, I, I think I think it's basically what you're saying here. Yeah, um, I think I said it better. <clears throat> <laughs> so if 
<laughs> and and I and and if I, I, I guess I, I I do take this preface quite, um, mm. <laughs> it, it's very dear to my heart as well. <laughs> I do think that Eve had a more um, a a more complex task, um, mm-hmm. but I think I'm convinced by by your argument. Um, yeah, so maybe, uh, maybe once again, I'm having trouble deciding. Uh, <laughs> uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think I was having some trouble deciding, but hearing your argument has made me come up to a, for a, come up for a decision. Yes, I, I think I've made up my mind. You've decided. I have decided. Yes. Has everyone decided? Yes. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, yes, I think I have. But you can have a minute. You can talk it through if you want. No, I'm, I think I'm decided. Okay. In that case, let's go through an order. Uh, Michael? Yeah, so I, I will stick with Anne Baxter as Eve. Um, okay. I thought uh, Janet McTeer was, was good in Songcatcher, but... Um, just being forgettable is is not enough for me um and i wasn't particularly engaged with that character it wasn't i loved that film uh mm-hmm. but i wasn't uh i didn't feel that sh- her character was the most important part of song catcher okay um so i'll, I'll stick with eve mm-hmm. uh fernando um yeah, I guess I would like to say once again that I do believe that Anne Baxter had a more challenging role and perhaps uh, she is uh, an excellent actress or actor. Yeah, perhaps, yeah, she's the better actor. Whoa. She's the better, she's, yeah, I guess she's the better actor. Um, Janet McTeer ultimately, uh, I guess, coincides more with with, I guess, the sentiment that I said, well, I guess that we both expressed uh, to reveal art uh, and consider the artist is the art's aim. So, um, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think, I think I've changed my mind now. I was oh going to vote for, I, I was going to vote for Janet Pantier, but once again, I want to choose to be a textualist, <laughs> and, uh, the one that had a. Whoa, no. Uh, so he was, she was the one that revealed art. She was, ultimately, Janet Mateer was the better actor. Yes, I'm, I'm going to vote for Janet Mateer. She, wow. she, she revealed art, concealed the artist, and that is the art theme. In the sense that she stole the songs and published them, but didn't mention who they'd come from. <laughs> That was the character, Michael. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I'm done. So that's one each. Uh, Laura? Um, Yeah, God. Uh, Anne Baxter, I think, stole it for me. I think she was just the more memorable, compelling, nuanced portrayal. Nothing against Janet McTeer, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, I'm happy with my decision of Janet McTeer, but... uh, Unless anyone's uh, gone to very quickly change their mind. 
Um, well, the, the, the thing is, uh, changing my mind uh, would only uh, accomplish something that goes contrary to what I currently believe. So, no, I'm not changing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, Laura, no, no. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah even sure. even those uh, even those sticking with my decision ultimately harms my my aim. I think I have to. That's good. Stick, yeah. stick to your guns. Uh, yeah. So I retract my vote, uh, which leaves Anne Baxter as a finalist uh, in the category of Best Actor. Um, best Actress of any gender. <laughs> um, and I haven't I haven't written down what other people nominated who other people nominated who did we have Topol and uh, Betty Davis. That's um, correct. Yeah. So, feel do you guys want to? To tell us why, mm. Fernando. Okay. Yes. Um, so I'm. I guess I'm somehow surprised that I nominated uh, an actor, an actress, um, an actor um, that from from a film so long ago. I'm, I'm not sure what that says about the rest of the more modern films. As in, does that mean that? Uh, all that work cannot outshine how, how great this um, this actor was, uh, even though this film is like a thousand years old. <laughs> Margot is, is has such a, is, has, has an excellent personality, and she's a star. And she, as in, we see her going through several stages of her life. I think that from again. The, the the hero's journey from strength to weakness. She had it all, but then <laughs> she's being confronted by this new star and how this affects her life and basically drives her mad. Uh, we see her in different um, uh, facets, uh, her being, um, yeah, I guess the star and then being almost crazy, uh, driven almost crazy. And she accomplishes, uh, accomplishes it, it marvelously, marvelously perfectly. Um, yeah, that, that, is the, that is the reason why I was nominating Bet Davis. That, that, that's all I have to say, yes. Yeah, I, I want to add to that in a second. But the, the reason I thought I nominated um, Topple, and I, or Kim Topple, was, well, I was very sure that, so, first of all, that someone else would nominate him um, because I mean I don't know what to say really I don't know how to say it eloquently either I just think it's such a moving well done performance like I just believe in the character so much um it maybe it's his voice and his mannerisms and just his expressions are so I don't know what else to say I think it's just an Oscar worthy performance (laughs) Um. but is it a secret Oscar worthy performance (laughs) that's a very good question um (laughs) Yes. I I have a lot to say in favour of Topol here. Great. Um to, he he did really well in that film and performed a great range of different feelings and I think he did comedy well, he did drama well. He was he he showed the conflict in his character really well. And I think in terms of best actor, he he inhabited that role uh, almost more than anyone has ever inhabited a role, because uh, he 
this was the film version of a stage musical. And I think he played that character on stage in London for something like 25 years. Really? Oh, my um, God. Yeah. He he just made that was his character. He basically spent his life playing Tevye. Uh, and my, my parents saw him in, wow. in London. They, they, I think it was one of the when they had recently got married or something. Um, and they said he was brilliant. Uh, yeah, he was he was Tevye in a way that I think no one else will have a claim to to being. Um, a bit like, what was he called? Colm Wilkinson, who played Jean Valjean in Les Mis for 20 years or something. Uh, yeah. So there's some, something to be said for him. Um, and Bette Davis, I found... Uh, I don't know. I, I wasn't that impressed. Is it because she you really was... didn't like her character? No, I don't think so. Uh, she was over the top, uh, and she was meant to be a, a larger-than-life, a, a prima donna, a, a, a classic actor who thinks they're so great. Um, but I don't know, sometimes I would see her and I would not know what she was thinking. Uh, and not in an interesting way, just in a sort of what's this scene supposed to be telling me kind of way. F- found her a bit confusing. Um, and it's possibly because she didn't quite manage to communicate everything her character was doing. A challenging role, but I think so was Tevye. Uh, so I, I think they're, they're both good actors, but but he he stood out for me. <laughs> he definitely stood out for me as well. But on, on Betty Davis, um, I, I think she did she did a good job with Margot because she is so petulant and so she is really striking. I do remember her performance being quite, she's just so stroppy. I know that might Mm. not be a, like it's not such a gift of being like, God, that actor really plays stroppy. Well, (laughs) she does. Um, So yeah, I think, I think it's a deserving nomination, but top all still, I just said for me. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I, so I had uh, Betty Davis as my second choice. Oh, really? Oh, because I know that the role is, I know that she's very melodramatic and she plays it over the top. But I, I feel like that is, is what that character ought mm. to be. Um, but yeah, the, now that I'm thinking about it, Topol just as Tevi, isn't he? We and you. Imagine any of those songs. Um, it's always him singing them. Um, yeah. yeah, again, he, yeah. I just I believed that that was him. I believed his character was that person, um, and that's that's what you want from an actor, isn't it? <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I think I've I think I've decided. Um, is everyone ready to vote? Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's start with Michael. Um, yeah, I'll go for Topol from Fiddler on the Roof, Tevye. Fernando? Bet Davis. <laughs> All about Eve. <laughs> <laughs> Laura? Uh, Topol, still. Tevye. Okay. I don't know why I'm saying uh, And I'm going for Topol as well. So that's a three to one victory for Topol. Nice and uh, simple. Who will face off against Anne Baxter? Can I throw in some honourable mentions? Yes, please do. 
one, Robert Shaw from Jaws, Quint. Um, yes. Love him so much. <laughs> great, great performance, even though I couldn't understand 70% of what he said. Um, <laughs> I also thought that Julian Dennison from Hunt from the Woodpeeper, you know, the little boy from Hunt for the Woodpeeper, oh, yeah. just fantastic. He was all right. And lastly, Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. Because it might not have been a stellar performance, but that <laughs> accent alone deserves some kind of recognition. <laughs> so, uh, so I thought about nominating him based on similar logic, and then I realised they could just have hired an actor who spoke like that. <laughs> like, being able to speak like that yes. isn't a talent. <laughs> I had a couple of honourable mentions. Um, oh, yeah? George W. Bush from Vice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know the actor's name, but he he was he played that well. I think we all agreed oh, he really that, captured um, something that... of. Yeah, Sam. Um... It was. <laughs> what is his name? Oh my god, I love him. Yes, he's so good. Yeah. I don't know his name either, um, but yeah, I thought thought he Rockwell, played that well. Sam and, Rockwell. Um, mm. Sam Rockwell. Uh, and Robert De Niro from The Irishman. Okay. I think he played played that really well. It was endlessly watchable and. Uh, interestingly understated. Um, but they weren't quite Anne Baxter or <laughs> Topple. <laughs> um, are we ready for the last one? I think so. Are we on the hmm. last? Oh, yeah, of course. That's you, Laura. Oh, exciting. Right, so the last category before Best Picture is Best Villain. Um, Best Villain. It's a fairly straightforward category which is that i i like villains and a good villain can make a film um you need the the protagonist needs an antagonist needs someone to build the tension with and yeah that's that's really all my only thoughts behind it uh so claire your first and best uh, villain so best villain i will nominate captain andrew russell from Lagan. Nice. The British officer. Magnificent. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with uh, Count Orlock from Nosferatu. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, um, my choice is Eve Harrington from All About Eve. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Um, and my choice is Count Mondego from The Count of Monte Cristo. Yes. <sighs> There's some real baddies tough. in there. <laughs> um, so I guess it's Captain Russell versus Count Mondego. Oh, man. Which is an interesting comparison, I think, given that they are both just straight up bastards. <laughs> oh, yes. White men, eh? <laughs> <laughs> of privilege as well yeah. which is yeah. wealthy entitled white men yep. showdown um, <sighs> so Claire why don't you start and tell us what about Captain yep. Russell makes him a good villain <laughs> just so dislikable isn't he <laughs> um, I, so it's a long time since we watched McGann but he was just awful and there were a few very specific things he did that were awful that made me feel really bad. I can't quite remember them, though, but I'm sure they were there. Um, 
I, it wasn't even him. There was something about a horse as well, wasn't there? Someone injuring a horse. How dare you hurt my horse? Yeah. Yeah, didn't and then, like, beat the anyone? guy. Oh, yeah, he beat the guy. Like, just, I mean, like, yeah, just the awful. The attack was bad enough. Oh, the, the old triple tax, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's just everything that I think of when I think about, um, like, the Empire being awful, essentially. Just represents all the bad things about Britain in history. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really hard to argue for someone being worse than the sort of epitome of the British Empire. <laughs> um, um, he just was Mondegos. the epitome of the yeah. French Empire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how yeah. about Mondego? I think Mondego was just a straight up, just a bad egg. Just a really bad egg, wasn't he? Just was so arrogant and just destroyed the life of his best friend to steal his um, fiance away from him. Just left his life in total ruin. So, you know, his he acted in a completely selfish way, but he was also just everything I despise about men. Um, <laughs> so at least none taken. <laughs> yeah, just imagine doing that to your to a friend. Like, there's something about uh, Captain Russell. You know, he felt like he was acting on behalf of the crown. <laughs> you know, he was he was just doing his doing his duty. You know, um, the fact that he was a knob as well didn't help. But like, yeah, hurting the people closest to you so badly. Yeah, I thought they did a, also did a reasonable job of explaining his character. They gave us that just glimpse into his of their childhood as three friends and him just being filled with jealousy all the time. Mm-hmm. But this sort of disregard for everything once he had it, this kind of drive to pursue things that made other people happy. Like this was someone who fed off of the unhappiness of others, possibly. And I think it could have been explored better. Like we've discussed in quite a lot of depth how that film needed more time. Um, but he's always been a very memorable villain for me, anyway. Um, and it was either him or General Windwork from Watership Down. But I think Montego has the advantage of being smoking hot. So <laughs> <laughs> easy to watch, that's for sure. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, what do you think? Best villain. Um, does it also account for a character, the villain that somehow enhances the plot? Uh, that without it, uh, then we might not have a story. Or was in. I think that's an important part of a villain, isn't it? Okay, uh, so basically, it's in. Could we have removed, uh, I think, did we say his name was Captain Russell uh, from Lagan? And maybe could we have uh, had an equally epic Lagan? I guess my answer to my own question would be maybe? I mean, because we would still have two hours of cricket. 
Um... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not, though. We might not have the cricket because he was the one who proposed that they play a cricket match with the stakes of triple tax or no tax. So I think he was pretty key to that plot. That's true. Like someone mm. would have undoubtedly from the British Empire continued to oppress these people, but the we would never have gotten our two hours of cricket without Captain Russell. Yeah, this particularly uh, <laughs> twisted game that he was playing was what made the film interesting, right? Mm. Yep. Would Captain Russell be Bugs Bunny in Space Jam? So basically, <laughs> Bugs Bunny had the idea of playing basketball. Uh, okay, I, th- I, th- I think I've made up my mind. Yes, I think I've made up my mind. I'm not sure I've made my mind up. My my first thought is Mondego is a better villain because he's he again. The, a lot of that film was was pretty campy and over the top, and <laughs> and he did that quite well. <laughs> he fit well into that film. You you really you liked him when he was likable, and then you really hated him, and he was a he was yeah. a true villain through and through. Mm. What he did, he sort of did for love. Not in a way that made it acceptable, but he was in love with that girl and he did what he felt he needed to do to to have her. And that was at least a bit more interesting to watch than Captain Russell's uh, <laughs> motivation, which mainly seemed to be just fucking with people because he's a <laughs> yeah. bad one. Um, that made him a bit more of a cartoon villain and it made... Mondego more of a meaningful villain and yeah I think that's that's what's made my mind up now that I've said it oh, but he was such a bad one <laughs> yeah but in a way they kind of built scenes just to to sort of show that he was a bad one um, and that that's not an interesting villain a villain needs to have some depth and have something good about them like General Woundwort uh that he needs to have a reason that he's bad, uh, some motivation. Yeah, Lagan lacked that. Yeah, I could vote. Yeah, uh, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for oh. Mondego. Yep. Oh really? Oh. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, uh, me too. Mondego from the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, I yeah I agree. Um, I vote for Count Mondego. Oh, we're unanimous then because I also vote for Count Mondego. <laughs> there we go. Brilliant. Fabulous. Very um, well. Right on to the second round of this category, which is Count Orlock, Orlock versus Eve Harrington. Mm. How exciting! Michael, why don't you take us through your nomination? Well, mine's a curious one because mine is a, it's really a, a monster, mm. uh, and that can make villains less interesting. But I, I thought, so Count Orlock is not going to get there in terms of character depth and motivation, uh, which he wasn't really blessed with. But what he was was terrifying. Mm. He was a, a truly hideous, uh, fearsome villain who stalked the main characters and uh uh yeah he he was he felt like evil incarnate in a an otherworldly way and it was amazing how much that really came through mm. uh all these years later and he absolutely made the film 
which after all was named after him, Nosferatu. Uh, so that's that was what I was thinking. Yeah. <sighs> and what I was thinking about Eve Harrington is that she is the worst ever uh, for a character and and uh, uh, she tried to portray herself as this innocent person and it was just evident to me that she was just pure evil Mm. Uh, and the worst thing is that some people did not notice this and some people just bought into that narrative uh, which made it so much more annoying Uh, I think that in terms of character uh characters um eve harrington is as evil as uh southland tales is a horrible film uh, oh so i might have loved her it's hard to know <laughs> uh yeah i guess that's that's my supporting argument uh eve great I don't know how to, 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 couldn't have more opposite in at least looks, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah, Count Orlok is just terrifying. Like, that, a good villain can be, like, one of the aspects that makes a good villain is they're just inspiring terror, and he is just a mm. creepy, horrifying antagonist to the film. So, yeah, it's a good choice. But Eve is also very... I don't want to overuse bad egg, but there's a bad egg. I would argue, though, <laughs> I think that um, Addison is more. I, I, he was he was who I was thinking of for a villain mm. in that film. Honorable mention for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, because there was just something so cold and heartless, and I didn't really understand his actions in a way that I understood Eve's actions as stemming from a place of her just obsession with the theatre and acting whereas I don't, he was just out to possess people and yeah it's difficult I don't know, Eve was a was a great villain as well so tough, I don't know who I'm going to pick Clear? No, I, I don't know either There's they're just so different like different aspects of yeah villainy um and what a film needs in a villain um well if i may say something if mm. you if you vote for count orlock then you're just um contributing to centuries of the patriarchy uh you would be <laughs> voting against a woman uh <laughs> <laughs> Okay, new nomination. That's true. Fernando for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, keep that in mind. I, I will you. bear that in mind. <laughs> I can't remember, did did she make it through to the final for Best Actor as well? She did. Yeah, mm. yeah she did, I think. Worth bearing in mind that there's a, been a woman nominated. Oh yeah, it's Harry Potter, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, Nosferatu. He's just such a good... He's such a good monster. So I was having having this thought as well about whether you could consider Jaws a villain. Um, oh, me too. Nice. Yeah. And I, 
I decided not to, and I, th- I think for the same reason, I think Eve is the better villain because she's not just instinctively like eating humans. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's villainous. I think that's a very good like antagonist for a film, but whether it's whether it's a mm. villain or not, I don't know. Interesting. I think that might have just made up my mind actually. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a similar argument with Captain Russell and Mondego. There's just more depth and nuance in Eve than there is in Count Orlok. Very obvious reasons. They both serve their point in the plot. But Mm -hmm. there's something more captivating about a villain that's got a purpose that you can grow to understand and they surprise you with what they're doing and their motivations. That said, Eve is... um, Eve, I can't quite see as a villain. Mm. Um, Possibly just because she's presented as the protagonist for so much of the film. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And it's... She's not evil through and through. she, oh, there is a lot of good she that she evil. does. She's oh. even convinced you. Oh, she no. <laughs> oh, Michael Dorpy. I'll defend her to the death. <laughs> That's what makes her so horrible. <laughs> oh, I'm really torn. Mm. Yeah, I did quite like her. Oh. Guys. I think Orlok is a classic villain. And it's not even quite clear whether Eve is a villain. Not in the I, same I, way I that like Addison that. is. I think it's it's nice to have that complexity. It's, it's not good, straight, but it doesn't necessarily make villain. her a good villain. Uh, denying that Eve Harrington is a villain is just like <laughs> denying uh, anthropogenic climate change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michael. <laughs> wow, I feel bad now. Climate change denier. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right, I'm ready to vote. Let's vote. Let's just do it. Yeah. Oh, is it me first? um, Yes, sorry, clear. Yeah. Uh, Nosferatu, Count Orlok. I think I've got to go Count Orlok as well, Nosferatu. My vote is Eve Harrington. My vote is also for Eve Harrington. We have another tie. Yeah. In that case, I think this I case, must withdraw. Which means that Count Orlok wins. Yeah. So it's going to be Count Orlok versus Mondego. What Not a, bad. What a pairing. May I introduce uh, the the first round of the best picture uh, category? Um, this Beautiful. is what we've all been waiting for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'll go Fernando, Laura, Claire, Michael. Um, yep. Just in, introduce what you'd like to say. We'll we'll do the same again and uh, have have our little debates. Uh, so Fernando, what's what was your best picture nominee? Okay, so uh, my best picture nominee is uh, again something that uh, surprised me, but then um, I'm very happy to nominate All About Eve as the best picture that we've seen. Oh wow! Um, Excellent. Um, Laura, your nominee, please. Jaws. Jaws. Epic. Claire? 
Knives out. Knives out. Where did that come from? Nice. And um, it's it's really swept the awards to some extent tonight. Uh, Fiddler on the Roof for me. And that means that we can start with uh, All About Eve versus Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, Fernando, would you like to, to introduce All About Eve? Well, yes. Uh, I actually cannot remember who nominated as in who chose the film All About Eve. It was in, I um, wonder that was if... Michael that was Michael through me. Oh, that was Michael Torpy, I see. Well, well I that, put it on Twitter uh-huh. and Michael hmm. voted for it. <laughs> I, I guess that makes a lot of sense because I I I, I just hate black and white films. Uh, <laughs> or at least I used to think that I hated them. Um, but this was such an excellent film. It was, the, despite it being so old, it made me feel so many feelings. Uh, which are still very relevant and it's certainly a film that I would recommend to anyone. And again, I guess I'm particularly surprised by it being so old and it having had such a big impression on me. Great. Excellent. So I nominated Fiddler on the Roof. uh, And to justify that, I have two words for you. Cosmic ballet. <laughs> Cosmic ballet. Uh, no, I uh, Fiddler on the Roof uh, for me was a, a really special film, and I, now watching it with the film club, I got it more than I had got it before. Um, just that there's so much in there, and it doesn't doesn't slap you in the face. Um, you could just watch it and just get a, a story about some people doing some stuff. Um, but the more you look into it and the more you look into Tevye's character, um, these the, the the battle that he has with himself, uh, he is in this uh, this traditional society, um, this insulated group that are afraid of the outside world. And he, his battle is constantly fighting against uh, the sort of uh, yeah corrupting influences of the outside world. But he is one of the he, he is the most progressive person in the village that we see. Um, certainly, the most progressive of, of his generation. And he's just taking baby steps into into the modern world, even though it goes against everything that he's known and and come to to understand up to that point. And it's it's fantastic seeing him uh, get over marrying his daughter to someone who she arranged for himself for herself. Uh, it's great seeing his second him, him battle with his second daughter, um, going for someone he doesn't even approve of. And then the third one, this this battling with himself over uh, his daughter wanting to marry the Christian, uh, and just that that final revelation that it's. It's one bridge too far, and he just can't can't go that far. Um, all of this, yeah, is just is just put together so well, uh, presented so engagingly and touchingly, um, with other bits and pieces along the way, like the funny dream sequence and uh, the "Do You Love Me" song, where <laughs> yeah, he he's even trying to reframe his own life. And his own relationship in in terms of these new ideas, 
and just seeing him struggle with that is is such a great film and it's brilliant songs um it's also about uh prejudice against uh, the jewish people and all of that and it d- deals with that really well too um yeah great great film hmm okay uh i, I think i'm going to do something that i'm i'm, I'm not sure if i've done in the previous categories but i think i'm gonna uh, um put forward some arguments against uh fiddler and roof i think i'm okay. not entirely I, I think i'm not entirely convinced by some of the things that you said uh i don't think that he was genuine as an i guess i don't think that he was entirely uh fighting against things that he genuinely believed um and what i think i mean is that fair enough maybe he had to be accepting of certain situations that went against the traditions that his community uh cherished um but i think that he himself did not completely believe in what he was taught i think he feared more the reaction of the society in which he lived rather than rather than his own beliefs. Mm. Interesting. I don't know if I agree. I think you, what you, do you there's think, some Laura? good points there about um, he's just sticking to tradition because it's so ingrained in him and so societally kind of conditioned possibly to think that way. I don't know. I think he does treat sort of God as like a friend almost, which makes his relationship with him seem quite casual. But I think it is the crux of his character, which is that he is really devoted to his faith, and that is what causes the tension. What do you think, Claire? About all about Eve as well. I think they're both very good films. I've been trying to take on board what everyone's saying and think about where I fall in it as well, because I think. Fiddler on the Roof it's maybe more entertaining I think I, I maybe enjoyed watching it more um, but All About Eve was was surprising in its own ways it, in some ways it was more compelling as a story as well as having really interesting characters Shall we vote? I, I sounds like we're not quite ready to vote but yeah, does I don't anyone know have if the I'll other ever be ready to vote so now's as good a time as any. Could just go for it. Yeah. All about Eve or Fiddler on the Roof. Fernando? I'm going to go for All About Eve. <laughs> yeah. Laura? Um, so Fiddler on the Roof was my second choice for Best Picture. So I'm going to stick with my love for Fiddler and go with Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah. Claire? Fiddler on the Roof. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah... Fitter on the Roof was a better film for me. Um, I want to emphasise I really liked All About Eve. Yeah, me too. Um, it was one, one of the best films we saw. But yeah. um, it wasn't, wasn't quite Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> it didn't have the same depth. Um, and now the other two, uh, also quite good to, to compare. Uh, we've got Jaws <laughs> versus Knives Out. <laughs> Pure entertainment. Laura, why did you like Jaws? Um, I think Jaws has just become one of those films since I since I watched it again with Film Club that I I think about it so periodically and if it's on I'll watch it now because I just get so captivated by both both halves are so well crafted 
I just find the character so compelling. And what we were saying earlier about the shark as well, such a great antagonist for a film is this absent sort of creature of the deep that's just a perpetual threat to them. Um, yeah, I just think it's a brilliant film in, in every way and I love everything about it. Them's the facts. Cool. <laughs> Claire? <laughs> so I was surprised to hear myself say Knives Out as well because I don't think it's... <laughs> I don't think it's a classically, critically acclaimed film or anything like that. And I feel like, you know, film should be worthy of the, the secret Oscar for best <laughs> film. But it was just great. Like, it was just fantastic. It had a great story. Um, the acting was brilliant. Um, Daniel Craig's accent, as we've discussed. Yep. stellar. One of the best things that exists in the universe. Um <laughs> It was it was everything that's good about good old fashioned murder mysteries, but without the old stuff that kind of ruins it a bit. The clunky language and the maybe not that interesting twist because we're so used to it now. And you know the old Sherlock Holmes mm. stories. We're all we all see the twist in those old stories. So it it had that. It was new and fresh and interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't see the twist, which is always good, and it was just it was just really, really watchable and really enjoyable, and mm. it was just great. Basically, as my <laughs> my speech, it was great. It was great. I really love Knives Out as well. It's so colourful. It's got a really mm. nice colour palette, but also a great setting of that really creepy house with all the. Yeah, it's a good film. Fernando? Well, um, even though I did like Jaws, I guess I'm having a hard time. I guess for me, Knives Out is a better picture. Um, Jaws, even though it was good, I somehow enjoyed it. I also thought it was old. Uh, (laughs) The narrative was, to me, somehow simple. Yeah, I guess um, there were... Knives Out made me... Um, surprised me in ways that Joyce did not. Um, and I find it so enjoyable that I was not surprised at all when uh, Claire um, nominated Knives Out. In fact, Knives Out was my second choice for Best Picture. Oh, wow. Uh, so in fact, I was very happy that you nominated it. Michael? Um, these were both great films. Um, my My thought at the moment is Knives Out because I just enjoyed Let's it all the way now. through... so jaws had some a few dull moments a few um a few less interesting bits Uh, at its peak it was pure thrills it was great um and it was wonderfully uncynical um in fact both of these films were were wonderfully uncynical um that they had some some real joy to them uh even in the even in the fear and the, the horror um yeah, Jaws was a, a a really impactful, good, good, exciting watch. Whereas Knives Out was was hilarious, and yeah, as Claire said, it was um, it was just fantastic entertainment. Um, it had a really good twist. Uh, I never saw what was coming. Um, it had characters I liked. It had some, yeah, just just loads of great stuff in it. My, the only thing that's making me not sure is I don't know how many times I could watch Knives Out. 
uh, because so much of the joy of it came from the the big reveals and the uh, the mystery of it. And now that I've watched it once, that's gone. I'll never get that back again. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like most of the excitement of Jaws will s- probably still be there when I watch it again. And I think that gives it a chance to to become a, a classic for me, a, a really great film. Um, whereas Knives Out might be a, a one-time, that was fun, but that's it now. I'm not sure, though. I think I might still like Knives Out. Yeah, I think it's difficult with murder mysteries if if you do, if you are just watching it to see if you can work it out, um, or you know if the the entertainment just comes from not knowing. Um, I find I can rewatch them and see clues that I could have picked up on. Yep. But yeah, I feel like some of the suspense is lost in Jaws. Similarly, if you know yeah. the outcome. I think again, what draws me back to Jaws is the char- the characters. I just love spending time with them. He's such a <laughs> you just I, love I, I get, Quint. Just dro- I just love Quint. I love Hooper as well, though, and I also love Chief Brody. I think they're just three really strong characters that play off each other like in a really mm-hmm. fascinating way. Um, especially when they're just trapped on the boat together, and it's <laughs> yeah. this like <laughs> it's it's just Show exciting. Me and... the way to go home. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. No, we're not doing clips at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Should we vote? I think we could vote. Yep. Uh, Jaws or Knives Out, Fernando? Well, I've been thinking about the rewatchability, and I think I somehow agree with you in that I do not know how many times I'll be able to rewatch and knives out and still enjoy it. What I do know, however, it is is that that number is greater than one, and I also know that that number for Jaws is equal to one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which is why my vote goes for knives out. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Uh, oh, Laura. Um, I'm still sticking with Jaws. I love Knives Out, but I love Jaws more. Yeah, One for Knives Out, one for Jaws. Claire? Knives Out for me. Best film I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I'm really struggling. Um, I think it's probably got to be Jaws. I'm just thinking best picture, best film we've seen. I'm, I'm not sure Knives Out has got that. So I'd be going for Jaws. Um Anybody or, thinking of changing no other than me? No. Nope. No. Do you know? I think I'm so close on it anyway that I don't. I don't even feel like I've lost out there. I yeah, I'm willing to <laughs> to withdraw my votes. Oh man. So two well, two for knives out, one for jaws, and I I was pretty split anyway. Yeah. So I think oh, that's knives that. out. Um, it's a good film, so. <sighs> Knives Out or Fiddler on the Roof for Ooh, Best Picture. What a showdown. What a choice. Any honourable mentions anyone wants to go? Oh, definitely. Um, one Day Song in September. Catcher. Oh, cool. Um, one Day in September was good, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I love Song Day in September. <laughs> <laughs> Any serious honourable um, mentions? Also, Hunt for the Wilder People. Oh, sorry. I had Hunt for the Wilder People. That was my second choice. It's really uh, good. I like um, Watership Down. Yeah, um, I had Watership Down as well. 
and also yeah. the Count of Monte Cristo and Interview with the Vampire, <laughs> which was quite a long list <laughs> Back to back. Took me a long time to pick Jaws. Um, but now it'll be either Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, sorry. It'll be, yeah, either Fiddler on the Roof or Knives Out. Excellent. Fantastic. So w- what is the next step? In how, how, well, yeah, what is the next step? I vote for having dinner. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's already six, yes. During the break. <laughs> it's been five hours. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> During our brief break, we um, text so, we... the hosts of each category with our final vote. Yep. We do that so privately we'll... so that it's a, yeah. a surprise. Yes. Can I just awesome. say thank you? Because it's been a really lovely afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Even though yeah. it's been five hours. <laughs> Thanks, um, all. What better it's way? Been... Yeah. yeah. Uh, we should we should definitely do the Secret Golden Globes Award next week. It's the grand announcement of the winners of the Secret Oscars 2020, celebrating 50 films of the Secret Film Club. And for the grand finale, here's your host, Laura Rick. What's our first category, Laura? <laughs> the first category is Best Unintentional Epic. Um, and the nominees are... Thomas Crown Affair. May I ask you a very personal question? Why not? Would you like another hit of espresso? Would you like another? Like another hit of espresso? Hmm. That's the very personal question. That's as good as it gets. Oh, (laughs) excuse me. May I ask you a very personal question? Oh, sure, by all means. Do you really think I'm going to sleep with the man I'm investigating? Hmm? <laughs> Is that the question? Yes, that's it. Now, why should I answer your question when you didn't seriously commit to my espresso? <laughs> All right, I'll seriously commit to your espresso. The Count of Monte Cristo. right, priest. You were right. This I promise you. And God. All that was used for vengeance will now be used for good. So rest in peace, my friend. Ingrid goes west. What's your biggest emotional wound? What? It's our question of the day. Oh. (laughs) Mine's actually my relationship with my dad. (laughs) I'm good, thanks. All right. Well, in that case, welcome to Grateful Kitchen. My name's Eden. How can I nourish you today? You know, I'm actually meeting a friend for lunch here. Have you seen her? Oh, yeah, Taylor Sloan. Yeah, yeah. She comes in all the time. I know. <laughs> she was actually here like an hour ago. Yeah. You said you're meeting her for lunch, or? Oh. 
God, I must have gotten the time wrong. So stupid. <laughs> Do you remember what she ordered? And water shipped down. And the winner is Ingrid Goes West. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Yay. That Whoa. was the best unintentional epic. That was epic. <laughs> that was wow. unintentionally so. epic. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, it definitely wasn't intentional. What a surprise twist in the secret <laughs> Oscars. <laughs> 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 the next category i think was claire's the next category was best animal and the nominees are the shark from jaws Hazel from Watership Down. Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio? Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio! So this is where I find you. How do you ever expect to be a real boy? Look at yourself. Smoking. Playing poo. Oh! You are coming right home with me this minute. Hey. Who's the beetle? Hang on, put me down. I He's my conscience. He tells me what's right and wrong. What? You mean to tell me you take orders from a grasshopper? Grasshopper? Look here, you you impudent young pup. It wouldn't hurt you to take orders from your grasshopper, or your conscience, if you have one. And the winner is... Hazel! Oh, yay! Yay! Whoa. I love Hazel. Oh, Hazel's great. I had a cat called Hazel when I was little. Oh, did you? That's nice. Yeah. Was she in charge? She was not. <laughs> she was decidedly <laughs> not in charge. But she was lovely and we loved her. <laughs> the third category is Best Song. And the nominees are, Laura? Oh, tradition from Fiddler on the Roof. 
If I were a rich man from Fiddler on the Roof. If I were a rich man, If I were a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work hard. If I were a rich, idle, little, idle, idle man. Bright eyes. Sorry, I've got something in my eye. And the winner is Think from the Blues <gasps> Brothers. Wow. Magnificent. Hooray. Hooray. The next category is Best Representation of Life in the Universe. And the nominees are The Thing. Fire's got the temperature up all over the camp. Won't last long though. Neither will we. How will we make it? Maybe we should. If you're worried about me... If we've got any surprises for each other... I don't think we're in much shape to do anything about it. Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. That's life right there. Cosmic Valley. Watch it down.
Parker. Uh, Rashmore. Song catcher. Oh death, oh death, how can it be that I must come and go with thee? For death, oh death, how can it be? Time on prepared for eternity. Oh yes, I've come for to get your soul. Take your body and leave it cold. I'll drop the flash from off in your frame. See earth and the worms both have their claim. Fernando. Oh, sorry. Yes, I, I guess. The winner is Watership Down. Oh, wow. Yay! Whoa. Oh. How did that happen? Yes. Excellent. <laughs> um, beautiful. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, I wish you were hosting them all. <laughs> <laughs> next, the next category is the best insight into human life, and the nominees are Pinocchio. Father, what you crying for? Because you're dead, Pinocchio. No, no, I'm not. Yes, yes, you are. Now lie down. But father, I'm alive, see? And and I'm 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 real. I'm a real boy. You're alive. And and you are a real boy. Yay! A real life boy. <laughs> this calls for a celebration. Fiddler on the roof. A fiddler on the roof. Sounds crazy, no? But here, in our little village of Anatevka, you might say every one of us is a fiddler on the roof, trying to scratch out a pleasant, simple tune without breaking his neck. It isn't easy. You may ask, why do we stay up there if it's so dangerous? Well, we stay because Anatevka is our home. Song catcher. How are you still working on the child labor piece? I'm trying, not very successfully. I wonder how many times your sister needs to hear those songs. No, don't. Don't be angry. It makes her very happy. She's quite obsessed. So am I. She cried out with a thrilling crowd. Lord, oh, Lord. 
sit, Doc. I'm worn out like a cylinder. Uh, just those last two lines once again, please, dear. She cried out with a thrilling cry, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I'm ruined. That's it. It's the very last ballad I know. And what a doozy. Crip camp. I mean, when Woodstock was happening, I remember being at my grandmother's listening on the transistor radio and saying, wish I could go, wish I could go, wish I could go. And then when I went to Jeanette, it was like, there I was, I was in Woodstock. The music and the people. And just feel like these people are crazy, you know, I mean, in a good way. Come to Camp Jeanette and find yourself, you know. Well, let me open the envelope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 wow. And the winner is Crib Camp. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Um, the next one is the rather unique category of worst picture. Brilliant. And the nominees are... Southland Tales. Jericho Kane! The information that I've uncovered could get me killed, but it was a risk I was willing to take. The fate of the world depends on you, Jericho. Yes. You must board the Mega Zeppelin. The secret you are looking for is hidden in the Baron's private chamber. What is the secret? There's a dead body they've retrieved from the desert. They found the body in your car. <laughs> well, hello. Hello. Officer Javier from the immigration's office. Uh, didn't you get the letter? It said someone would come by for a surprise inspection. Surprise inspection. Uh, you see a lot of people fake these things, you know. Pretend to be gay. Really? <laughs> How desperate. Oh, I know. <laughs> so I'm here to keep my eye on you. You dirty boy. Song to song. I mean, would you want more? I could follow you around. Just give it all up. I would. <laughs> if you'd ask me. We never do, you know? And suddenly it makes sense. Oh, Spencer Confidential! <laughs> I know you know things, Squeeb. You got ears on the street. What happened to Boylan? Hmm? Who ordered the hit on me on my last day? I'll give you one word and one word only. Oh, better be a good word, amigo. Wonderland. And the worst picture is Southland Tales. <laughs> Boo! <No. laughs> 
Oh, it was a bad film. Wait, I've actually, I've actually changed my mind. Can we just go back to the whole process again so that we can <laughs> nominate some other film? Because I've changed my mind. It's such a good film. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, our uh, our eighth category this evening. <laughs> nope, seventh, seventh, seventh category this evening is that of best actor, yep. and the nominees are. Anne Baxter, All About Eve. So little. So little, did you say? Why, if there's nothing else, there's applause. I've listened backstage to people applaud. It's like... like waves of love coming over the footlights and wrapping you up. Imagine to know every night that different hundreds of people love you. They smile, their eyes shine. You've pleased them. They want you. You belong. Just that alone is worth anything. Betty Davis, all about Eve. Don't get up. And please stop acting as if I were the queen mother. I'm sorry I didn't Outside mean... of a beehive, Margot, your behavior would hardly be considered either queenly or motherly. You're in a beehive, pal, didn't you know? We're all busy little bees, full of stings, making honey day and night. Aren't we, honey? Margot, really? Please don't play governess, Karen. I haven't your unyielding good taste. I wish I could have gone to Radcliffe, too, but Father wouldn't hear of it. He needed help behind the notions, counter. I'm being rude now, aren't I? Well, should I say ain't I? Cut him top of her. on the roof. Accept them? How can I accept them? Can I deny everything I believe in? On the other hand, can I deny my own daughter? On the other hand, how can I turn my back on my faith, my people, if I try and bend that far, I'll break. On the other hand, no. There is no other hand. No! 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 Gave me chills. Janet McTeer. Oh, Eleanor, this is just fascinating. It really is. See, Delaney sings for the most part in a Scots-Irish style, but she employs such unusual pitches, and she dwells on notes here. Table, here's cake. Can you hear that? (laughs) That is so unusual. I have never heard anything like it before. (laughs) Tell me, is her style of singing, is that typical? Yes, I think it is. Is it really? It's fascinating. And the winner is... Topol. (laughs) Oh. Whoa. 
Yeah. <laughs> I got slight Yay. chills listening to that clip there with Topol. He's just so good. Oh, God, so good. And our eighth category is Best Villain. And the nominees are Captain Russell from Legan. You beat us in this game, and I'll cancel your tax. Lekin, kahitam hargaya, totam humko, triple tax. Triple tax. Team Guna Legandega. Count Orlok, Nosferatu. Silent films aren't great for this, are they? (laughs) (laughs) That's a bit scary, by the way. Yeah, I can assure you he's on the screen when this is happening. (laughs) Can you just play 30 seconds of silence? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eve Harrington. Cora is my part. You've got to tell Lloyd it's for me. I don't think anything in the world would make me say that. Edison wants me to play it over my dead body. That won't be necessary. Edison knows how Margot happened to miss that performance. How I happened to know she'd miss it in time to call him and notify every paper in town. It's quite a story. Edison could make quite a thing of it. Imagine how snide and vicious he could get and still tell nothing but the truth. I had a time persuading him. Captain Dago. I'm afraid it is true. You are the walking proof that your mother was as much of a whore in her younger years as she is today. You... You let me fight him? Didn't do any good, though, did it? And now I beg you, no more! I've only got one shot. It'll take more than that to stop me. Then I best put it where it will do the most damage. And the winner is Count Montego from the Count of Monte Cristo. More prosecco. Oh, of course. <laughs> I've been drinking all the way through this. I'm almost finished, my <laughs> Oh no. So I believe it comes mm-hmm. to me uh, to announce the best picture. Um, this is a, a great honour which I'm immensely proud of. Um, before I do, I'd like to to take you through a, a little analysis I've done of the the nominations tonight. Um, we there were thirty six film nominations, and they were spread across twenty films. So twenty out of the fifty films we've seen were nominated for at least one category. And uh, the wow. two that received most nominations were Fiddler on the Roof and Watership Down, with five nominations each. Uh, wow. Closely followed by Whoa. All About Eve with four and Songcatcher with three. Um, wow. Amazing. I never would have expected yeah, it. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? Um, so far, the only one that Pretty has odd. won two Oscars uh, has been Watership Down and the rest have been spread out. Uh, but who knows what will happen in this most illustrious and uh, most critical award, <laughs> the best picture. And the nominees Whoa. are All About Eve. 
San Francisco has no Schubert Theater. You've never been to San Francisco. That was a stupid lie, easy to expose, not worthy of you. I had to get in to meet Margot. I had to say something, be somebody, make her like me. And she did like you. She helped and trusted you. You paid her back by trying to take Bill away. That's not true. I was there. I saw you and heard you through the dressing room door. You used my name and column to blackmail Karen into getting you the part of Cora, and you lied to me about it. No, no, no! I had lunch with Karen not three hours ago, as always with women who try to find out things she told more than she learnt. Now, do you want to change your story about Lloyd beating at your door the other night? Please, please. That I should want you at all suddenly strikes me as the height of improbability. But that in itself is probably the reason. You're an improbable person, Eve, and so am I. We have that in common. Also a contempt for humanity, an inability to love and be loved, insatiable ambition and talent. We deserve each other. Jaws. It's coming back. The island of Tinian Delady just delivered the bum, the Hiroshima bum. Eleven hundred men went into the water. The vessel went down in twelve minutes. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger, thirteen footer. You know, you know that when you're in the water, chief, you tell by looking from the dorsal to the tail. Well, we didn't know. Which our bomb mission had been so secret, no distress signal had been sent. <laughs> they didn't even list us overdue for a week. Very first light, Chief. Sharks come cruising. So we formed ourselves into tight groups. You know, it's Kind of like old squares in a battle, like you see in a calendar, like the Battle of Waterloo. And the idea was, shark comes to the nearest man, that man, he start pounding and hollering and screaming. Sometimes the shark would go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eye. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red and in spite of all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. Knives out. It is an immovable fact that I killed Harlan. Yes, you did. Yes, he did. Yes, you are. But, but, I spoke in the car about the hole at the center of this donut. And what you and Harlan did that <laughs> fateful night seems at first glance to fill that hole perfectly. A donut hole in a donut's hole. But we must look a little closer. <laughs> and when we do, we see the donut hole has a hole in its center. It is not a donut hole, but a small donut with its own hole. And our donut is not a hole at all. Fiddler on the roof. You know, it's no crime to be poor. Mm. In this world, it is the rich who are the criminals. Someday their wealth will be ours. 
Oh, that would be nice. If they would agree, I would agree. <laughs> and who will make this miracle to come to pass? People, ordinary people. Like you? Like me. And until your golden day comes, Rapperchik, how will you live? By giving lessons to children. Do you have any children? I have five daughters. Five? Daughters. Girls are done too. Girls are people. A radical. Uh, go away. I I'd be willing to teach them. Open their minds to great thoughts. Yeah? I'd like them to know the good book. Well, the Bible has many lessons for our times. Perchik. I'm a very poor man. But food for lessons, huh? Good, good. <laughs> Stay with us for the Sabbath. Of course, we don't eat like kings, but we don't starve either. As the good book says, when a poor man eats a chicken, one of them is sick. <laughs> Where does the book say that? All right, all right. It doesn't exactly say that, but someplace it has something about a chicken. Good Sabbath. Good Sabbath. Good Sabbath. And the best picture of the Secret Oscars 2020 is La La Land. <laughs> oh, shit, no. Oh, no, 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 that was wrong. Oh, I'm so sorry. That wasn't even one of the nominees, was it? Oh, I've really ruined the, the hopes and dreams of all the people who are about to win this, haven't I? Uh, <laughs> the best picture is Knives Out. What? What? Oh, I don't know who would have seen that coming. <laughs> Whoa! Excellent film. Knives Whoa. out. Knives out. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. It, was it was good. Yeah. Best movie of the, the film, but it's very good. <laughs> so if we were to. No, it was excellent. Well deserved. If we were to run through all the awards again, best unintentional epic was Ingrid Goes West. The best animal <laughs> was Hazel from Watership Down. Excellent. The best song, Aretha Franklin's Think from Blues Brothers. You bet. Had... It's not Desi Girl. But... That had to win best song. <laughs> yeah, Desi Girl didn't get a look in, probably for the best. Uh, the best representation How of about... life in the universe was Watership Down. With its second 100%. win of the night. Uh, best insight into human life was Crip Camp. The mm, worst cool. picture was, of course, Southland Tales. Um, <laughs> thank God for I'm that. still angry with Southland Tales for being so bad. <laughs> Me too. I, I might love it, but it's not too, too harsh. The might best... be the best film ever made. <laughs> the best actress of any gender was Topple. It from Fiddler on the Roof. Uh, the best villain Great. was Count Mondego from the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, happy with that. <laughs> definitely on the edge of comedy villain, but definitely a good villain. <laughs> and the best picture was Knives Out. Yes. Thank you yes. all. Wow. If I may just say, the only thing that I regret about uh, this event is that we did not take Laura's suggestion of having each of us five more. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that could be a whole category. weekend. I've never been more mistaken. 
about how long something would take. <laughs> Can you imagine? We'd probably be on the fourth one now out of seven. <laughs> this this podcast is going to run at like five hours long. <laughs> I think that the next and then the next time we should definitely have more categories. <laughs> we should each nominate five films in each category. <laughs> <laughs> and presumably we'll have the most abstract cosmic ballet category, right? Yes, that's a must. <laughs> I thought that's what Knives Out was. Oh. <laughs> well, we should make sure we don't oh. announce them in advance or we're all going to be Oscar chasing in about a year and a half trying to pick films that are going to win <laughs> categories. Oh, yeah. So just pick as many films with adorable animals in as we can. Didn't you see that was what I was doing with Journey to the Centre of the Earth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe... was robbed from Gertrude. Yeah, how did no one robbed. say Gertrude? I guess two, half of us just picked rabbits. <laughs> Shall I play us one last thing to... To see us out? Oh, why not? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Who's the hardest girl in the world? <laughs> you can't see, but I'm dancing outrageously. Oh, I'm dancing as well. Is everyone else not dancing? Oh, yeah.